Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Earlier this morning says we had six storms across December, uh, January and February, but temperatures were above average and it was quite mild actually. I remember reading forecasts out over the past couple of months actually mentioning how mild it was, you know. You'd be expecting it to be 4 and 5 degrees and it was 10, 11 and 12 kind of thing. Some days like 14 and 15. Uh, so wet and mild is how you'd sum up the last few months. But who will rid the world of this ranting madman is a front pager making the mail today. They're calling him a ranting madman for lots of different reasons, but many of them have to do with his television appearances yesterday. Putin vowing last night that he will never abandon his assault on Ukraine and again saying yesterday that Ukraine was and always will be Russian. They call it a menacing television address uh, that bore little relationship to reality whatsoever. And they talk of Ukraine now in the middle of Putin's blitz. Millions are set to flee as the madman declares this is only the start. And if you've seen the video footage, because Sky have full crews there and drones and many, many people now, of course, unlike many different wars of years ago, mobile phones are really coming into play in this because people are sharing real world uh, videos. Now, I know there will be people listening to this saying, well, you can't always be sure of what people are sharing. I get that. Uh, but some of the video, all of the video footage, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Um, and the, the only thing you can get any consolation from is how fabulous um, the likes of uh, Poland is uh, and Albania as well. The Polish border is just being run so well as thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people over the last few days have been coming over the Ukraine border into Poland and being met with, uh, you know, hot showers, they've been met with food, hot drinks, hot clothes, um, being processed really quickly. Uh, Putin has vowed to seize the whole of the Ukraine and making it clear that worse is yet to come. Kiev. Mila Falcha is the story that makes the front page of the sun because exhausted Ukrainians fleeing the Russian invasion have begun to jet in the Ar- into Ireland. And the Red House pick up on that in general where they talk of up to 20,000 refugees are expected to arrive in Ireland in the next few weeks. Some of those are already lucky enough to come in and arrived over the past few days. So that's all of the latest news. It's very, very depressing and, and certainly if you're to believe Putin, destined to get an awful lot worse. In other news, a court case that I've been watching closely makes the front of this morning's uh, echo. Uh, I knew uh, Timmy Harahan, spent some time with him on the streets of Cork, a lovely, lovely man, interviewed him uh, a number of times and was out on street runs with him. But the man accused of his murder, murdering the Cork chef, Timmy Harahan, has been convicted. He's been convicted of manslaughter. James Brady from Mayfield found not guilty of murder, but guilty of manslaughter. It's the front page of Making the Echo today. And the Mirror says that a post-mortem found that Timmy suffered a collapsed lung, severe facial and head trauma. Uh, and that's, uh, cl- that's closure for family and friends, of course. But we still mourn his loss because he was a lovely, lovely guy. Uh, the vaccination centre in Cork City Hall is, is set to close its doors for the last time of the weekend. So all of those makeshift tents and tunnels and all will go away. And we'll see the beautiful building in all its glory again. As a vaccination centre, it has served its purpose, but is no longer needed. I think they'll move, move, move it to smaller and more regional suburban vaccination centres from therein. But you know, one of the most beautiful streets in our city is the South Terrace. And it still is a beautiful street, but it's a bit, uh, you know, don't, no disrespect to people who work there. I think you'd agree. It's a little bit jaded. And unfortunately, some of the buildings, the more beautiful Georgian buildings, aren't actually in use at all. So it's good news to hear that there's planning sought now for a 103-bedroom apart hotel on the South Terrace. There's like uh, two or three buildings there 
uh, adjacent to each other because it's a terrace of, of Jordan, Georgian buildings at uh, 31, 32 and 33 South Terrace. I think that's great news. And the more that we can see, which will bring streets like the South Terrace back to their former full glory, that's got to be a good thing. You heard in the news there this morning of uh, the inquest into the death of Jack Downey, the Tipperary student, and Jamie went into quite some detail on it, makes the independent this morning because Ralph Regal was there and tells us that friends of uh, Jack Downey were pleading with him not to take any more drugs at the Independence Music Festival. Uh, He died uh, from total organ failure, his inquest heard yesterday. Uh, His organs failed when his body temperature soared uh, following the the ingestion of ecstasy and morphine at the Independence Music Festival. Uh, And the coroner, Philip Common, not for the first time has reminded people that taking ecstasy is like playing Russian roulette with a loaded gun uh, because it's never known, it's impossible to know precisely what's in each of the tablets. And poor old Jack Downey, who had a long life ahead of him, surrendered his life at the age of 19. Um, in other news, of course, we all know of issues going on with fuel and en- energy costs. And up in Dublin, I saw in the papers yesterday, they posted the first petrol station where, where uh, unleaded uh, petrol was two euro. Now, it's the super premium one. You know, the one that's very green and very friendly, two euro. Um, if you use that, you're probably going to find that it's up coming up around two euro here for that as well. But the regular unleaded that maybe everybody else uses is over 180 now and destined to go even higher and that's a story from the uh, the examiner today meanwhile all the prices that are going up at the Cheltenham festival the mirror this morning says the festival happens the 15th 16th 17th and 18th of march and punters are paying two grand for a three-night stay during the festival apparently Hotel prices have jumped 500%. I suppose it's the, ba- it's the first fully back to normal Cheltenham festival, I guess. And they're charging accordingly. They've laid on extra flights as well for the four day festival, but everything has gone up, but particularly a 500% jump in Cheltenham prices. And it's hard to believe, but apparently Michael Healy, Michael Healy Ray got 10,000 calendars. Um, and they were perfectly good calendars. I mean, the dates, and the, and the months and everything were correct in them. But there was a massive 10,000 of them which were produced at the taxpayer's expense that were all thrown out because of a missing hyphen. Now, I've read about four or five different newspaper stories on this and I can't find where the typo was or what word it was or anything like that. But it, it, apparently some technical, I don't know, it was a human error or a technical glitch. But apparently there was a hyphen missing from a word. I mean, why dump 10,000 perfectly good calendars because of a hyphen? All people look for is the right bloody day and the right date, and they move from month to month. And apparently it's the taxpayers got to pick up the tab for that. 10,000 perfectly good calendars produced at the taxpayers' expense. I just I just give up. Uh, Batman continues to get five-star review. Haven't been to it yet. If you have, is it as good as they say it is? Five stars in cinemas now, three hours long, and everybody's raving about it. So I've got to go and see that. It's the kind of film you got to see in a big screen, isn't it? The Neil Prenderville Show. And can I welcome back? They were on board for Free Food Friday some years back, and Roosters Piri Piri are back from today. And if you fancy some Roosters Piri Piri yourself, they're at Douglas and Blackpool. But they're back on board for another run of Free Food Fridays, and you guys will be absolutely spoiled. So text who you are and where you are to 086. 8104106. We'll start doing the shout outs around about 10 past 10 this morning. 
get texting now. Do you want to know what will be delivered? What will actually feed 15 of you? Well, let me tell you. You'll get starters consisting of chicken wings, chicken skewers, beef skewers. The mains that you'll receive include chicken wraps, chicken pittas, and beef burgers. You will get the piri piri sauce thrown in. You'll get the piri salted fries. You'll get the rice. You'll get new the new side they've added at, at uh, Rooster's Piri Piri, which are the waffle fries. On top of all of that, for dipping, piri mayo and garlic piri mayo. And if that wasn't enough for the 15 of you, you can build your own cheesecake with a selection of to- toppings like Kinder Bueno, Kinder Pieces, Nutella, Smarties, and lots more like that. Further details on Rooster's Piri Piri's website, roostersperipiri.com. So that is what you will receive. It will easily feed 15 of you. I think you could even double it. So text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. Much obliged. Mind you, uh, I didn't get to do this earlier in the week. I want to do it now because it's Friday. And if I don't get stuck in now, we'll run out of time as the day goes on. But Lent... Lent is upon us, of course, and it started this week. And you got to just hang in there for the 40 days and nights. But Seamus was checking in with people uh, in the streets of Yall, actually. I was keen to see what they were like down in Yall. Do they make any resolutions and do they stick to them? Cleaning my mother's house. <laughs> do you do a lot of it? A lot of it, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do you normally um, give up stuff for Lent? I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just things like, like if I was working now, like, you know, bad habits, like eating junk food, takeaways, it could be more easy to do it then, obviously. So it's definitely the time to take to give up something or take on something too. I haven't given up for a long time. Uh, the last time I gave up something for Lent, I say I was going to primary school and I, uh, I gave up having sugar on my tea. And ever since then, I don't drink sugar on my tea, so... No, I don't take any notice of it, to be honest. I pick something stupid like chocolate or potatoes or something, but this year, no, I'm not. I don't usually do anything, but uh, I was just telling her I quit smoking just over a year ago, so I'm happy with that, stick with that. Maybe just healthy eating and more walking. I'm giving up feeling sad. That's what I'm going to do for a minute. I'm going to be happy, happy, happy every day. And how are you going to re-energise yourself? Walking. Walking walking and then maybe some more walking oh jeez I'm giving up life <laughs> I'm giving up myself I don't know I suppose I give up giving out <laughs> give it up and um do you do a lot of giving out unfortunately yes the time of year it is I do a small a little bit too much of it yeah but the biggest thing I ever got was sugar in the tea I gave up many years ago never took never went back to us never went back to us I eat a lot of chocolate and, and I, I, yeah, I'll cut down the chocolate, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, every, everything, everything should be okay. But mm, if I do 20, I'll be going well. But I, look, I'll set myself a target and hopefully I'll get there. What's, what's the benefit from giving something up? I think the, what you'll get from doing something. Not only do you get, get from it, other people get from it. You know, it should change. I think it should change around to that. And I think the best thing we can do now is be as nice and as kind to everyone we meet. Oh, Jesus. I didn't even think about it, boy. I didn't even think about it. Let's be honest with you. And you normally give stuff up? Oh, Jesus. Not really, no. Not really, no. no. Drink. If you give up alcohol like you do have to break it on Paddy's Day. Yeah, I love that one. I'm giving up, giving out. <laughs>
That's a good one. Morning to you all and you all this morning. I'd say the weather is glorious down there. Thank you so much. We got a super sleuth uh, at the ready here. I don't know whether it's a Poirot or a Miss Marple, but somebody said the hyphen that was missing from the Healy Ray, Michael Healy Ray's calendar was the hyphen that goes between Healy and Ray. Like in other, in other words, it was the Healy dash, the dash between the Healy and the Ray that was missing. I mean, in fairness now, I think I have great time for Michael Healy dash Ray, but I think that's taken it a bit too far and a bit too personal. I mean, who'd have minded if there was no hyphen between the Healy and the Ray? Apparently that's what was missing in the dumb 10,000 calendars. J-E-S-U-S wept. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Ah, yes, indeed. We're in the middle of Lent. Uh, let me get straight to the phone lines on this because there was an incredible day yesterday at Maham Point Shopping Centre. It was mind-blowing. And the fact that it happened so fast and people gave so generously in such numbers absolutely blew us all away, including all of the Red Patrollers who were down there. Spoke to Colin O'Sullivan yesterday. Katie was down there all day yesterday and came back with some... Uh, you know, amazing stories of kindness and generosity. Katie, good morning. Morning, Neil. Uh, first of all, you? before we start on that with Lint, did you give, did you give anything up? Uh, no, I gave up enough for the last two years during the pandemic, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not giving up anything else. <laughs> going to be taking things yeah. up and getting your old taking life back. <laughs> I love yes, it. Yes, that's for sure. I'm going to milk it this year. <laughs> Good answer. Anyway, we milked it yesterday with the people of Cork and did very well out of it. So well done to all concerned. Did it blow you away? It absolutely did. People were just so amazing. They there was non-stop cars and vans just dropping off stuff. It was it was unbelievable. We're we couldn't get over it. Okay. Did and you keep was, an eye on what people were bringing? Yeah, people were bringing like so warm clothes. Like in the list, it was like thermals. People brought some shoes, like warm shoes. There was loads of like nappies and kids' medicines and just like everything was very like people brought torches batteries uh, William O'Brien in uh, Cranehire they actually brought over a drone so that was amazing yeah there was a drone on the list as well yeah, yeah. fantastic so, so people yeah. really stuck to the list that was given out didn't they with medicines things for kids toiletries hygiene uh, clothing warm clothing right yeah warm clothing because it's so cold over there at the moment like people brought blankets and uh, sleeping bags and tents and Everything that was on the list, people brought. So and all of it usable, of course. Yeah, everything will yeah. be used. Yeah. yeah, yeah, everything will be used. Did you do much uh, with pain? I, you know, I saw some of the photographs. I saw a lot of the medicines. It looked like a lot of painkillers and Calpol and Dioralite boxes and things. Yeah. Yeah, there was uh, Dioralite, Norfin, Panadol. I think. Well, I don't know. It was a Norfin, but there was just like for medicines for kids under twelve as well. Loads of loads of calpol and, and like baby formula as well. That was there was a lot of that. There's a uh, big shout out for baby baby formula yesterday. So yeah. people actually picked up on that as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. there was one lady that arrived and her boot was literally full of bottles of optimal baby formula. It was. I have a picture of it. I'll send it on to you. Did you ask her um, what? Did amazing. she? Did you ask her? Did she just go out and buy all of that? Yeah, she just went and bought it all. She said that she heard that they needed baby formula, so she went and filled up the boot. Isn't that, I bet, I, might, I bet you there were other kind of stories like that yesterday, were there? People yeah, there were. There, there was an elderly man, he was so lovely, he he arrived down with a box to donate of, um, like, warm clothes. Yeah. So then he also was like, I want to help more with the medicine. So Kelly, one of the other patrollers, she went in with him into Sam McCauley's and he bought, he purchased a hundred euro worth of uh, medicine for it. So it was just so lovely and he said that he was getting the bus back up now and he was delighted to to donate so it was just lovely to see like so, so he came to Maham Point on the bus gave yeah. generously and got the bus home yeah 
yeah, that was it. Um, it was just so lovely. He was just a pet. It was just so heartwarming. Isn't it true? I mean, he went to such yeah. efforts to be part of yeah. yesterday's generous yeah. giving. And then tell me about Thomas. Thomas, oh yeah, Thomas arrived with a, a van load of um, just donations and then he saw that we were getting so many donations so early. Like the bus was nearly full within the first hour. So he said, he, like he left again, he had a minivan uh, with seats in it. So he actually left and uh, took out the seats and he came back and he filled up his van and did, he actually did two uh, runs all the way to Bandon with the, with the van completely full. It was just, he was just there all day just helping with like taking, taking donations from people and there were also other ladies. So I'll just name out a few did of them. He just, but there did was, Thomas say why yeah. he wanted to do so much, two runs yeah. to Bandon? Well, he has been helping, I think, with a few other collections. He's, he said his mother is living in Poland at the moment, and she even said that like all the pharmacies over there are completely empty out of medicines just because they're all being brought over to to Ukraine. So, uh, like he he was like pushing on the medicines, and it's great to see those coming in. Oh, amazing! Fair play to Thomas yeah. and everybody else. You had other names, did you? Yeah, there, so there were some ladies that, like, there were so many donations, we couldn't even put them into the van. So then there was, there was Anne, Sharon, Melda, Margaret and Jimmy. They stayed around for ages, just lifting the bags and putting them into trucks and vans and taking them from people. Um, so then there was also, you know, Volcano Pizza there at the market. So Simon from there, he came over afterwards and he filled up his van as well. I think there were about eight or nine extra vans that filled up and then one man arrived in his camper van and filled that up to the brim as well and brought it into Bandon. So those ten then brought all they could to Bandon to the Arctic. It must have been very emotional, was it? It was. There was one lady when she handed off a box of goods with her little daughter. She just welled up because she was like, it's so sad for the reason that we have to do this. Like, people were quite like heartbroken at why we had to do this yeah, you know, yeah. Was, I just want to let Colin O'Sullivan jump in on this actually a yeah. hard act to follow Colin yeah. with regards to Katie is saying but morning to you good morning Neil how are you well, can I ask both of you was it the most was it the most one of the most incredible things you've done in your careers with regards to working with the public as patrollers it was definitely up there I think because we do if you think about it Neil we do these collections every year for St. Vincent de Paul as well a similar thing doing the big red bus every Christmas for St. Vincent de Paul and we always get like a great response everyone in Cork and the bus always gets filled but it takes it takes a whole day to fill the bus we had more than that in an hour yesterday so that shows how quick people responded how how um, how generously people responded it was phenomenal it really really was and they knew as well yesterday people knew that they had to respond quickly they did I mean people were straight down there at 10 o'clock yesterday once, once the bus was there it started filling up people were straight down I mean the bus was full by 11 o'clock it was overflowing by half 11 and people knew exactly what to bring. As Kate said as well, they were bringing all the right things that were on the list. They were bringing the medical supplies. There was a lot of the medical supplies were brought down. They were bringing the stuff, like, like we mentioned, for the bunkers that people need and the bomb shelters, like the, the sleeping bags and the inflatable mattresses and the warm clothing and the camouflage clothing and the torches. So people knew exactly. And like, it wasn't a case of just people grabbing whatever they had at home. They actually went specially out to buy the right things and, and it, was, it, was, it was mostly new stuff that people brought down as well so yeah. people spent money yeah and you know what yeah, even, you know Kate even simple things like USB charging cables for people who are literally living underground in, in, in basements and, and power yeah. banks so they can keep 
they're mobile phone powered or you know whatever yeah. else you know it's people just... are bringing those and they're bringing good ones as well you know there's there was some proper ones people went into like they were passing us they were like what are you looking for so we gave them the list and they literally went in and spent money inside in man point and bought whatever was needed um, oh. like some people didn't know why we were there and then they realised and they were like oh we'll go in straight away to get whatever we need Man point mustn't have known what hit them particularly the chemists there <laughs> yeah I hope, they sure. get, I hope they get restocked up because we may well have cleaned them out yesterday. Listen, it was... That's what Thomas was saying yesterday that the, the chemists and the pharmacies over in Poland are pretty cleared out like that uh, with people buying medical supplies to go across the border to Ukraine. So I'd imagine people have been doing the same here obviously on a smaller scale but still brilliant to see. And as Kate said as well, a lot of people gave cash yesterday, Neil, which is very important as well. Yeah. And some people were coming up and saying give that cash for the, for the fuel, for the drivers driving the trucks over things you wouldn't really think of but stuff that's needed to get over there as well you know okay and i know i'll be asked about that cash so let me ask you if you're very careful with a plan regarding the cash do you have anything in mind is 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 that, is that going to go to the red cross or what will you yeah, do I think, I, I think that would be the best thing is probably is probably the irish red cross because they, they've actually appealed for cash donations in the past few days as well and i mean they, they know how to distribute that correctly over there then okay well will you make sure of that then and make get a receipt yeah. and everything so everything's kosher and pucker and above board fantastic well done because people were asking me if they give cash where will it go so we'll all go to the irish red cross i want to thank both of you and all of the rest of the team for the incredible work you did yesterday you really pulled it off that and the people of cork but it happened so quickly and uh you know i personally am very grateful for your involvement so thank you kate and thank you colin i do appreciate it and neil yeah, yeah. one more thing the, the crew down in Toomey Precision Engineering, you know, Ronan, who was taking all the donations, he had a massive team down there that were working. I was down there at eight last night and they were just continuously working so hard, filling up and separating all the boxes. So well done to all those down there as well. Everybody involved, take a bow. Thank you so yeah. much, Cage. Thank you. And to Colm and everybody else who was there yesterday and everybody that donated. Can I just say there is an update uh, with regards to the Arctic. The aid to Ukraine Arctic is not leaving today. And I'll tell you the reason why. The ferry was uh, was due in, and there were that was the ferry that they were going back to and to Belgium in today. That's still tied up in Belgium. I don't know why, but the ferry is delayed. So the Arctic will actually leave tomorrow for Rosslare uh, to head to Le Havre instead. Different ferry going to Le Havre instead. Now, with our collection yesterday, the Arctic is now full to the brim. It's a big one. It's one of the big, long, rigid ones. I'm waiting on a photograph of it, and as soon as I get it, I'll describe it to you. But uh, from the collections yesterday, the Arctic is now full to the brim. There's a second truck going and there's also a trailer going with the Arctic and possibly even a second Arctic, such was the response yesterday. So that's the update on that. I will come back to this again a little later on this morning and perhaps get a chance to talk to Ronan down and Bandon. But the plan is now changed to tomorrow, which is fine. I mean, I had hoped that we could send them off live on air this morning. That's not going to happen. But the track and trace um, tracker is now up and I'll talk to you a little bit more about that it's up and I'll show you where you can actually watch the truck and where you can click to keep an eye on the truck as it passes across Europe uh, to the Polish-Ukraine border but the list that I originally got with regards to support Ukraine came from Roman um, and uh, I just wanted to catch up with him and say thanks and also get his impression with the reaction of Corkonians Roman, good morning Good morning, Neil. Good morning, everybody. Um, that was an amazing list you put together, you know, because it really told people exactly what was needed. There was no guessing here. So well done on that. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank, and I want to say thank you to whoever, everybody who was involved from our Ukraine community because it's not me who was putting the list together, but the guys did. Yes, they did. An amazing yeah, Victor job. was involved as well, wasn't he? 
Yes. Yeah, How does yeah. it make you feel as a Ukrainian, the response of Cork people like this, like yesterday? Uh, it makes me feel very grateful and uh, the level of appreciation is just unbelievable. I, uh, as I said, like uh, we all here, we all Ukrainians who are in Ireland and in Cork in particular are just blown away with uh, response and with how kind and helpful and understanding people are. And given, it's just unreal, honestly. Does it make you feel more... Um, at home here, more welcome, more part of the community, because you are, I mean, I would say that, but I want you to feel that. It definitely, it definitely does, yes, absolutely. It feel, makes me feel like, you know, welcomed and accepted to the community and also makes me kind of a little bit proud that, you know, people are helping my own country in that, in that terrible time. And tell me, have you got to Bandon yet? Have you got to the site at Precision Engineering to see exactly what was collected? I haven't been there yet. Victor is going there. I believe he's on the way there now. And uh, we just finished to park the truck here in Little Island. We were there yesterday and going to finish today. And then truck will go to Bandon as well. Oh, my. I hope there's space left. You know, they're saying now uh, more trucks and trailers will go with a second Arctic possibly going to go as well. Such was the response. It's just been incredible. Unfortunately, you're following the news, though. Like, people are just absolutely beside themselves with all sorts of emotions, including anger. You know, many people are asking now, why doesn't the West intervene? Why isn't there some kind of a military retaliation that this guy is just getting to do whatever he wants, wherever he wants? What do you think? It is, it's getting, like, I, I think all the borders were broken, all the, you know, all the lines were crossed in this, in this war at the moment. We, and we all ask and we all beg West to close the sky. At least if they will close the sky, they will stop bombing, like schools getting bombed. Uh, nuclear, biggest in Europe, nuclear power plant was attacked yesterday and is still under and attack. And what do you mean by close the sky? To don't let their jet, fight, jet jet planes fly over and bomb cities. At least close the sky around the nuclear power plant. There how are they going to stop? I mean, how can Ukraine. they stop those jets from flying, though? Oh, I'm not a military person, but give them... Don't let them fly through. Yeah. Turn yeah. them around. Yeah. I, I see you call it a war, but it's not actually a fair fight. It's the Ukrainian people and a small army against the might of Russia, while many other countries, okay, are engaging for sure in economic sanctions, but not in any retaliation to the deaths. Yes. And I understand I, why they're so jumpy about it, because they fear a nuclear war, don't they? Yes, it is. Yeah, Russia is like a, you know crazy monkey with a grenade so you don't know what's going to happen in crazy this situation. monkey with a grenade is a good description yeah absolutely so worrying times but at least we know of one thing for sure the generosity of Cork people will make a difference to Ukrainians who are suffering and their children as well so that's got to be a good thing right I hope so yes uh, I was talking to my niece and she has her colleagues in Kharkiv the city that been demolished for the past week and they're just they just devastated from what's happening. Uh-huh. The bombing never stops. They just bomb and bomb and bomb and bomb and bomb. And I'm bomb. watching him on television last night with the translators, of course. Uh, he's not for turning. If anything else, it could be the opposite. I, don't, I mean, I don't mean to be alarmist, but, you know, it's, I mean, they, they have got a... Hum, isn't there a humanitarian corridor now where the injured and civilians can leave safely? Am I reading that right? 
They are working on it, yes. I think uh, the, the train, the railway stations and ra- railways are kind of open, so they managed to take people out and bring some supplies in. But whatever he was saying yesterday on the telly uh, doesn't make any sense if you mm-hmm. follow the normal news. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's completely detached from reality. And from uh, what that about sums it up, doing. yeah. A monkey with a grenade is a good description, or two grenades. Listen, um, so much thanks to you for yesterday and the day before. Thank you for the list, and thank you for getting involved in this. We're all happy to be part of it. Do stay in touch, all right? Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you very much, everybody in Cork. Thank you, people, for your help. We Trust me, we all very much appreciate it, and... Thank you, thank you very much. We know that, we know that. Okay, take care of yourself, Roman. We'll chat again, if that you can be sure. Anita, good morning. Good morning, Neil, how are you? I'm good. Well, was this, was it your suggestion at the start? No, no. Is another we Anita? Just happened, we just happened to have a, a very unusual name. That oh, okay. Okay, that's all right. Okay, um, and I, I did hear that the British government are matching every donation up to something like 20 million. I heard that yesterday. That was donated well, to, to, to a, an appeal yesterday, the British government. I haven't heard the Irish government do that, but you wanted to pick up on Revolut. Revolut. I was on my Revolut card last night, and um, they have a flag, that, you know, these things they promote and flag up. And they have it flagged up that um, they're taking donations for the Red Cross in Ukraine. So anything that's donated between the 1st of March to the 8th of March on Revolut goes directly to the Red Cross in the Ukraine and they will match every donation that's made. So Revolut will double the donation then? Yes, yes. So if you donate 10 euros, Revolut will make it 20. That's fantastic because us, yes. we, we did donate. And that's going on until the 8th. So if you, if you want to donate, do it now. And Revolut will double it. And double your money. Isn't that unbelievably yeah. kind? It's it really, fantastic. It's a great, great gesture. It's great. And a lot of people have Revolut now. They do. And um, it's, uh, there's, yeah. when, when you open your Revolut account, it pops up, donate to the Red it Cross. Is. Yes. It, yeah. It, and you, you can donate directly. It goes, your money goes directly to the Red Cross in the Ukraine. It could not be simpler. Yeah. Yeah. No, couldn't be easier. Okay, okay. Listen, that's a great tip. Thank you for that. I wasn't aware okay. of it. Let people know across the weekend if you donate. Thanks, Anita. Have a great weekend. Okay, Cheers. bye. Donate you too. Bye. To the Red Cross through Revolut. Revolut will double it up to and including the eighth of March. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Thank you all so much. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Okay, and you can pick up the phone if you so choose and give us a bell on 0818104106 text 0868104106 so stay with the phone lines busy morning again this morning Alan good morning Hi Neil how are you? Great you wanted to pick up on cash donations go ahead Yeah um, just um, something that um, um, I wanted people to know is just that um, like if an individual donates 250 euros or more in a year um, to an approved charity the approved body can claim the refund of the tax paid on that donation. So if a company or an individual pays 200 or donates 250 euros or more, the charity then can, you know, send you a form, you just fill it out or give you give them your PPS number and then they can claim, you know, um, the, the balance at the marginal relief. So if you're playing, paying the higher rate of tax, they can claim another 250 euros uh, so it turns your 250 into 500. Isn't that amazing? Therefore, donations over 250, and undoubtedly some people are donating more than 250. I'm going to blow your mind here now, but I'm hearing now as I'm speaking that Casey's Furniture on Oliver Plunkett Street want to give me... Is your seatbelt on? 
10 grand. There you go. There you go. You could turn that into 20, you know, so fair, fair play. Fair I, think play. That's a, I think that's a brilliant idea. How about on Monday we try and turn that 10 grand into 20? More about that on Monday's programme, but that's a very kind and generous offer. 10,000 euro cash from Casey's. So it's the tax aspect of it then. Give your PPS number with your 250 plus donation, if you can afford to give that much. And then the likes of the Red Cross can, call, can claim the tax back on it. Correct, correct. Are you an accountant, you are? I'm not, I'm not, but I've done this uh, a couple of times already. Um, what I'll do is, look, I'll uh, email you over some information and maybe you can put it up on the website. Well done. I'll do that. Promise you that. Yeah. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for picking up the phone. Appreciate it, pal. Have a great no weekend. Thank Cheers you. for now. Take Thank care. You. I hear the Late Late Show are taking donations tonight as well, so anybody else who wants to get involved in the conversations uh, can make sure they're watching the Late Late Show. I think it's brilliant. I think Casey's are incredible. Ten grand donation. I wonder if we had a GoFundMe on Monday where we could maybe double that ten grand to twenty grand. It's just a thought. I think it could make all of the difference and then that money would be given to the Red Cross and they'd know how to spend it. Dennis, good morning. Hello, good morning, Neil. Uh, Thank you you? for waiting for so long. Now, we chatted in the past. It was a completely unrelated story, but um, you were blown away by being part of the local community yesterday, right? And everything that was done down down in Mahan. Yeah, Mahan, Blackrock, yeah. Mind-blowing, Neil. Mind-blowing. I I think what was very helpful was that I had me on to Seamus earlier before the list was actually published, and he sent it on to me. So what we done then, we're affiliated with 15 other groups around the city. So we sent that out on our Facebook page. and it, When it, you say it, we, it, the Mahan Community uh, Centre? No, no. Um, we have our own page here in Mahan. It's the, the Mahan Community News Features and Sports. All right, okay. And we're affiliated to 15 other groups in Cork. So what we done when we got the list on Seamus, we put it together. We had been on to Mahan Point. They had nothing at that stage. Because it was early, it was moving fast, and once we got that information out there, people knew exactly then what to bring. I think that was the whole mm. that was the whole success of yesterday. There was a lot of there was a lot of great things yesterday, but I think the list that Red FM put together, uh, what was needed, was absolutely incredible because people knew then exactly what to bring. Yeah, there was no confusion that, then. That, yeah. I, I was yes. uh, yeah, I was talking to Katie below there. So she done it. An unbelievable job, a lovely young lady. Like, she was welcoming people there. To work out. She was chatting with them. And, you know, I was just saying, thank God, COVID at ease, because people were down there to were able to relax. I see people going into the local chemist there, uh, buying stuff, bringing it out. I met a Sheila Gould, 75 years of age. She had a little shopping bag and all little things inside. In the world. I think she had a little shopping trolley, did you, Dennis? Yeah, a little bag, yeah. She had her, well, she had her daughter with her because she's 75, but a lovely woman. I know her from the centre for years. But, like, early in the morning, the mothers had gone on to me, Sonia, Marie, Louise. They all gone on to me very early in the morning to know what to do. And I said, look, Seamus is putting a list together. I should have everyone in 20 minutes. They sent it to everybody that they knew, all their friends on Facebook. Incredible. So, like, they, from that on, it was moving. But... I mean to say, when I went down there yesterday, I, I was watching from the far before I went over to Katie, and you had to have a security man there, like he's done a great job, because he was very easy with the traffic coming in, and he was keeping it flowing. Vans, cars, people walking, you know, people, you know, it was just, it was just incredible, Neil. Well done, you described it really well, Dennis, you should take this up for a living, reporting yeah. on events. <laughs> Thanks, you know, actually, from a historical point of view, I don't mean to hold you much longer, but I know you were telling Seamus about Ireland's fight against communism. And in fact, you've had, you had some actual stories to share. One of them was your history teacher, was it? Oh, Mr. O'Brien, yeah. His, his, brother, his brother was in the Bay of Pigs um, in, in Cuba in 1961. He was over there as a volunteer when Castro took over. And 
what 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 you had there was that he had to get out of the country and move to Miami, and then we had the, the, the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. Now, when when President Kennedy came to Ireland there, um, the 34th President of America came to Ireland there, um, he and um, he went into meeting with Sean Casey, uh, was the Lord Mayor of Cork at the time. But like the, the your Cuban history Missile teacher crisis, went to meet Kennedy, is it? Yeah, yeah, oh. no, his brother. His brother. his brother. All right, okay. Yeah, Sean yeah. Casey. He, Sean Casey was the Lord Mayor at the time, but the, the whole thing here was like that. The Americans had, had, had put weapons, nuclear weapons, into Italy um, and Turkey. And as a result of that, the Germans, under Khrushchev, uh, wanted to put missiles in Cuba. And Kennedy and Khrushchev had a standoff. And people in Ireland at, the, at that particular time, I, I was too young, I don't remember it, but I remember my parents talking about my grandparents. Everybody was underneath praying. They were very I mean, they nervous. The bells of all the, if, you, if, if anyone was in Cork last night, with all the church bells on, Shandon, uh, say, you know, St. Mary's, you know, all the churches were ringing out last night. Um, it was a bit different back then because we didn't have television as such, and we had, but it wasn't, not everybody had one. No, they didn't. So people were getting stuff on the radio, and they were underneath praying, there were people saying rosaries everywhere. Churches were packed because they thought it was going to be the end of the world, you know. That's so right. when Kennedy came here as the 31st president of Ireland, he was in Berlin first. He went to see the Berlin Wall and he came from Berlin to Ireland. And people went out to see a hero. Like, they saw him as the saviour. He saved the world from nuclear weapons, you know. And, you know, that was the affinity. And he landed, the, the chopper landed in the city. It landed in what was afterwards subsequently called Kennedy Park. Of course. That's right. My my parents were down there. They, they and all their and everybody really from Round Cork. But you see, it was more like he was the first elected president that came to Ireland. But it was more than that. It was more symbolic than that. It was that they felt he saved the world for 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 yeah. From, uh, and he war. was of Irish descent as well, and that didn't hurt. Oh yeah. Oh, de- oh definitely Neil. But or 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 like I've done something this week, um, and it's after being translated into Ukrainian. Was the words of um or. Our, our Lord Mayor Terence McSweeney, if I may, if I may call it out here, and it, 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 it's after you know it's it, it's gone all over at the moment. It's it's not those who inflict the most, but those that endure the most shall prevail. Now that was Terence McSweeney, Second Republican Lord Mayor of Cork, nineteen twenty. Right. Now yeah. that's after being translated into Ukrainian by Mealy here, they're a good friend of mine, yeah. and that's gone all over, you know, and that's a, you know that's very true, you know, and you know we're talking about a fly zone there this morning. You know, if they, if, they, if they have that over Ukraine, I don't want to see planes dropping bombs. But what's going to happen then? NATO are going to have to get involved and are going to have to shoot them down. And that's what's, that, that's what's How going else would you control. stop an airplane? Like, you can't just say, chew away, you're not welcome, it's war. You know, I think yeah, that, they'll, that... they'll just have to shoot them down, you know, and that's what's going to happen then. And they're afraid of the nuclear button, you know. The Yanks would have been in there long ago if, if, if it wasn't the nuclear war. You know, we've seen them in other countries, you know. Um, they, this is the whole thing about it. And the poor Ukrainian people... Every time you see it on television, you, you, no matter, if you want me to stone, you cry. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You watch, like, do, you watch the rolling, here, do you watch the rolling news on Sky? A bit of it, Neil. Yeah. I, I get very upset, I'd be it's honest with you, you know. But I think the Irish people have this thing, it goes back to the famine, you know, to, to 1845. And, like, it, it also goes back to the time, like, when Connolly uh, thought that the, the, the British wouldn't, and I know we have a great relationship with him today, thank God, it may long continue that they wouldn't shell the GPO, but it happened. You know, when you have military thinking, it's different. You know, they don't think like governments. No, uh, no. You know, they just they just shell indiscriminately. Their thing is to win. You can see that with the nuclear reactor today, 10 times the size of Chernobyl. Now, we, we had, in Mahan, we, 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 um, we put a mural up 
uh, through Chernobyl. Uh, the disaster was in 1986, and in 2010, Fiona Cochran, a lovely lady, done great work, great woman of substance, um, fantastic work for the children of Chernobyl, and Lady Roach as well. Lady Roach as well. But um, I mean, yesterday they, you could have had a, you yeah. could have had a, a nuclear reactor explosion 10, 20, 30, 100 times bigger than Chernobyl. Oh, definitely. I know the Russians have taken it over this morning, and then they, they, the fire is almost extinguished now, but that's not the point. The point is like that. You know, they're, they're, they're blaming the Ukrainians for doing it themselves. That's ridiculous. You know, it's propaganda yeah. at the highest order, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah. We, we painted a mural here, and, you know, um, we got a beautiful letter from uh, Surrey Reva. I think that's how we pronounce it right. It's a long time ago now. And he sent us a magnificent letter. He came down actually to see it. Um, it was in Ram Community Centre. It was 50 by 10 feet. It was absolutely incredible. You still um, got it? Well, actually, Neil went into disrepair. It, and only just quite recently, only just quite recently, it had to be painted over because at that time we put up the mural and the weather over the years, it's there yeah, since yeah. 2010. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 12 years was up there and went into disrepair and it started looking shabby. Yeah. And it was only just quite recently because Fiona opened an office in Mahan and I remember meeting her at the time and, um, you know, the work she has done over in, 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 in Chernobyl is, is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, it just, you just couldn't put it into words. And we met a lot of those kids, you know, that came over here to Ireland and uh, they stayed with families. They did, and, um, yeah, yeah. They come for holidays you know, and breaks, uh, medical treatment or what have you. Right, you be, Dennis. Listen, good to catch up. Thanks for the update. Thanks for sharing. Well done. Uh, God bless, Neil. You too, And thank you care. all on Red FM. All right. uh, a marvellous day yesterday. I never forget it. Great and day. And the people of Cork, the people of Man and Black Rock, uh, thanks to everybody because, yeah. you know, they went above and beyond the call of duty. A great and day. And if I may, if I may say, Fiona Connolly from CIE was just on to me there. Uh, they're going to have a bus on Saturday the 5th from uh, from 10.30pm in Douglas Court, fill a bus for uh, CIE, uh, Fiona Connolly. Thank and you for doing you that. Yourself, yeah, There's yeah. a big fundraiser tonight on the Late, late Show and Aslan will be there as well. And uh, a lot of the um, community from Ukraine will be there telling their stories, you know, so... Um, that's the whole thing so thanks a million cheers Dennis Coffey take care well done thank you actually I was just about to announce that Boss Aaron is doing a host is hosting a a fill a bus appeal for Ukraine tomorrow at Douglas Court shopping centre so it continues and they're looking for first aid kits and sleeping bags and toiletries and baby items they're very very short of um, baby food and baby powder and what have you so that's uh, tomorrow from 10am to 3pm and you know something bus errand drivers in Cork have been delivering shipments of aid to orphanages in Belarus since 2015 on their own time as volunteers so all of the goods donated uh, tomorrow will be driven by bus errand volunteers to the Polish border in the coming weeks so that's tomorrow between 10 and 3 at um, Douglas Court Shopping Centre. Now, I've been sent some email copies of letters and emails that have been sent to Simon Coveney. They're all along the same lines. Here's one from Daniel McDonnell and Cove. He says, Would it not be an amazing thing if Ireland were to announce that this St. Patrick's Day would be officially shared with and dedicated to the people of Ukraine? It would cost absolutely nothing to make such a declaration, but it would have an amazing effect as the day is celebrated all over the world. Imagine every country celebrating the day showing their feelings about the invasion of Ukraine together on the same day. And he urges uh, Minister Coveney to give this proposal serious consideration. And then Frank Heffernan in Mallow says the same thing. As a country, we need to reinforce our demonstration of solidarity. We should dedicate our up-and-coming St. Patrick's Day as Ukraine Day, uh, adopt yellow and blue as our national colours on the 17th of March, on the day the population of Ireland could wear yellow and blue themselves in whatever way suits them to show kindred spirit 
and support. Text 0868104106. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. And back to the phone lines we go. A quick call from Maria, who's part of Douglas Park Events Team. Maria, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm very well. I just said you could jump on for a couple of seconds because you've got a collection tomorrow. Is that right? We have a collection. We do. We have a collection tomorrow from half past ten to five in the Douglas Community Park. Yeah. And um, we'll have a truck going out. Actually, my son will be driving the truck out there in Gregan. He works for the um, Minehin Couriers. Right. He's taking time off lead. to drive all the way to the Polish-Ukraine border. Yes, and my couriers have kindly given him the truck, the trailer, and the insurance for it to take over the food stuff that we collect. And did you say his name is Damien, is it? No, Darren. Darren, Darren will, Regan. Okay, will he, will, he, will he travel alone? No, um, there'll be a second driver go with him. Okay, okay, well, fair because play to him. Because that's on the insurance stipulation as well, you know, Neil, there has to be two drivers. Okay, and as your mammy, will you be a bit nervous? A little bit, a little bit. But, but pr- look, it's but for pr- a good cause. Yeah. It's, what can you do? Do you know it's for a good cause? I know, you must be proud but, as well, um, though. For sure you'd be proud. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And in fairness, the party company now have three van, van loads for us collected. The party company in Kinsale Road Roundabout. I and Joseph Hare Salon is yeah. very good. He has loads of stuff for us as well. What have you got so and we- what are you looking for? <laughs> Everything. The usual stuff. The baby food, tinned fish, tinned meat. Uh, nappies, um, bandages, um, all medical stuff, all children's stuff, um, warm clothes, warm blankets, torches, hot water bottles, um, yeah, yeah. those kind of things yes, off my head. Yeah. No, I, no, I know, you're, you're spot on you with know, all of that. You, you, could throw yeah. cal- you know, for the small kids, you could throw Calpol and Diorolite no, into the mix right. there, you know? That's right. And, um, and maybe a small bit of cash to help with the fuel cost as well. Okay. Look, if we don't get cash... We just have to do it ourselves, okay. whatever. But so anyway, from ten half um, ten tomorrow to five o'clock in Douglas Park, um, people yes, are asked to bring it, what they can. Please, and it can be dropped off any day, actually, into the community centre to the Douglas Post Magazine office if okay. people are around Douglas and they can't get to us tomorrow. They can drop it in there any day of the week. And when will Darren go? As soon as we fill the truck, He'll be he's on ready his to go. Way. Everything, okay. everything is in place. And in fairness. St. Columbus School, all the children are bringing in an item each or two for us on Monday. That's fantastic. Well done for organising all of that with military That's precision. Well done to all and of listen, our Neil, tomorrow. Yeah. Thanks very much because right. if we didn't have the likes of you to air it, you know, it helps to get it out there. Every Just doing my helps. job. Just doing my bit. Thanks, Every Maria. Bit well done. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you. All the best. Bye. Cheers for now. Take bye care. Bye. Somebody bye. was suggesting the cash being sent directly to the border or over to the actual expert groups on the ground in Ukraine could be done in minutes and they could do the buying themselves uh, instead of people. I don't think this is the kindest text in the world. It says well-meaning people think that collecting a mismatch of goods and the most expensive medicines in Europe and shipping it by sea and land at considerable cost is the most effective way when money transfers are the most effective. Well, thank you for that. That's uh, that's an interesting perspective, I have to say. Problem with that, of course, is that um, on, say, for instance, where the where the um, you know the, the NGOs are and the charities and the groups that are there helping, they can't get the things that we're sending. That's the problem. Uh, shops have run out. Uh, maybe you're not aware of that. And I'm not just talking about uh, pharmacies and chemists, but supermarkets as well. So it's not as if around the Polish-Ukraine border or within 
Ukraine that you can walk in and buy painkillers at Calpol or Nurofen or Dioralite, etc., etc., or pick up worn clothes or a sleeping bag. You can't. We have them. That's why we're sending them. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench. Every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show Oh, Jenny Mack, I'm exhausted uh, A lot happening this morning uh, Thank you, one of uh, one of the crew actually, Rebecca uh, from Red FM was also down yesterday at uh, Mahan and she sent me some lovely texts across the days with across the day with photographs Now, we've shared some of the photographs and the videos on our own uh, social media platforms but I've also shared uh, a pic and also a video on my own Instagram uh, if you follow me on Instagram, you can see it there. Hey, Neil, I was down at the Ukraine Appeal for a few hours, so I took down some people and their names to thank who helped us organize and load the stuff and others who arrived with vans and even a camper van to help take things to Bandon. Uh, here are the names for shout-outs below. I hope you get to do them. Uh, people that volunteered with vans and camper vans included Collins, Pumps, White's Cross, uh, Kevin Collins, uh, the Guide Dogs, uh, Paul Donnelly, Joe Knowles, Dry Clean, Dry Lining in Bandon, Volcano Pizza, uh, John Feeney from Pierce Road. They all helped with organising and loading up. Others included Anne Moynihan from the Powdered Off Road, Sharon Barry from Powdered Off Road, Imelda Huggins from Rochestown, Margaret Kyohan from the Mallow Road, and Jimmy, we only got his first name, uh, who helped across yesterday. I think actually Kate spoke about Jimmy. So thanks for that, Rebecca. And to all of you, uh, that's a shout out and a thank you for all of the great work that you did yesterday. Uh, text 0868104106. It's a free food Friday today and back on board Roosters Piri Piri and their delicious food in Douglas and Blackpool. So you need to text who you are and where you're working. Text 0868104106. It'll feed 15 of you. I believe it will feed a lot more than 15. So if you're a smaller business, you certainly will be sharing with other businesses around you. Because you will get chicken wings, chicken skewers, beef skewers. You'll get chicken wraps, chicken pittas, beef burgers. You'll get all of this with a beautiful piri-piri sauce, salt, sauce I should say. But also, when I talk of salt... Piri salted fries, rice, and their newest side at Roosters, waffle fries. Oh my God, what a great way to eat on a Friday. They also get the piri mayo and the garlic piri mayo. And then, for afters, as we used to say, you can build your own cheesecake with a selection of toppings. Kinder Bueno, Kinder Pieces, Nutella, Smarties, Crushed Flake, and all sorts of other beautiful things like that. Further details, if you're buying uh, some roosters across the weekend, roostersperiperi.com. So let me do some shout-outs now while I have an opportunity. Morning to all at Kilsar and Quarry in Ovens. To Sean Dennehy Commercials in Middleton. 12 Hungry and Busy Mechanics. And apparently, Roosters is their favourite. Uh, House of Hair in Kinsale, Morning Sandra and Arlene. They'd share it with all of their customers. Sound Store Warehouse on the Powderduff Road in Balafihan. Jill and all of the staff at Specsavers in Wilton are listening. Nurse on Call on Patrick Street. Good morning to Fiona. Central Distributors Cork Limited would love food for the hardworking staff. It's Friday, guys, and thank God for it. Uh, Rochestown Clinic GP practice said they'd love to share it with their friends at the Mount Oval Pharmacy. To Afric Allen, working in the Mercy in the AMU department with the greatest medical team ever. We're getting patients home for the weekend. Woohoo! Everybody at Photo Island Adventure, they've got 80 school kids there. I don't know. I don't know. This is not the miracle of the loaves and fishes. At Noreen's Hair Studio in White's Cross, Noreen and Lynn, Ella, Ita, 
Hope it's Ita. Breda, Catherine and Sheila um, would love a feed on this cold, crisp day. To post-formed systems in Balancholic. Morning, Neil. My name is Annette in Dripsy. I'm a carer for my son, Jackie. A shout-out for all carers I'd share with my neighbours. Standard Aero in Carrick Tool. I would imagine that's not the edible type. Uh, Carrick Don and Balancholic. Morning to everybody there, the lovely staff. To O'Leary and O'Sullivan Developments and all the lads working hard at Coppinger's Field in White's Cross. Busy building houses. And just a few more. Barry at BJ Automation and Balanhassig. Zoo cars in Little Island. You're the guys with the mini on top of the roof, aren't you? 30 of you, 30 of you at Zoo Cars. Uh, Irish Oxygen and Waterfall. Eric at Pro Valley and Matten Point. CE1A at Boston Scientific. Guys and Dawson in the South Main Street. To all of the crew in the orthopedic and spinal unit of the matter, Private and Citygate. To Precision Engineering in Bandon, where you know all about the great work they're doing. To Expert Attic Conversions. And finally, the Booking Office team at Mallow Train Station. So keep those shout-outs coming. Text who you are and where you are to 86 Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818 If you don't mind, I'll just do some texts on uh, yesterday and uh, people's comments on our conversations regarding Ukraine, and then I have other business which I'll move on to. But I don't think that Ukraine will be anywhere in the distance from our hearts or our minds, certainly not in the coming days. Um, Elizabeth says that uh, she visits local St. Vincent de Paul shops here in Cork, and yesterday she was in there and she spent 13 euro. She was thinking that if all of the charity shops throughout the country gave one euro from every five euro sale that they made to a fund, like she spent 13 euro yesterday, so two euro would go to a fund. And she says there's so many charity shops throughout the country, it would have a significant impact. And it would also mean that people who are donating and buying from the shops feel they're contributing in some way and helping the victims of this horrendous war. Thank you, Elizabeth. I think everybody who, do, who donates, like for instance... Uh, any time I do, I always feel good about it, that I'm helping. And, and that that kind of feeling stays with me for many days after, you know. And if you can afford to at all, you'll get that kind of a buzz and that feeling too. With the terrible scenes unfolding from Ukraine every day, we've decided to hold a coffee morning for the Red Cross Ukraine Appeal in Brady's Bar and Bandon, Saturday from 11 to 2. All are welcome. Can you please give us a shout out? That's Marie in Brady's Bar in Bandon. That's tomorrow. Uh, I've heard your analogies to explain to children about the Ukraine crisis. Here is mine. We as a family have nothing. We don't even have a home. But we're going to give the little we have to total strangers, uh, says Anthony. (laughs) A despair. Um, It's an absolute atrocity what is happening in Ukraine. But our government forgets we're only a small island with limited capacity. Our own are on their knees without homes. Larger countries have to take in refugees. We have to say no at some stage, says Shiona. Uh, I I sometimes read those texts. I wonder if I'm actually wasting my time on air. Um, Or am I doing all the wrong things? Uh, People need to be aware of the legal side of giving their homes away to refugees. While all mean, while all mean, by all means, people are feeling it's well and good. You're giving people permission to use the premises and live there, but it could be very difficult to remove them later. I don't want to come across as being mean, but people should look into it first with their solicitors, says John, with regards to inviting refugees into your home or giving over a holiday home. There are plenty of mobile homes and caravan parks around the country. Could we not use those as temporary accommodation? Uh, There's plenty of empty houses everywhere, like where I live around McCroom. 
There's a parochial house in Kilmichael that's empty for eight years, says Tim. Uh, I just want to find out what your listeners think about 20,000 refugees uh, and that number being thrown around. Surely this will be closer to 100,000 based on the estimates of 5 million refugees over the next few months. This is based on Simon Coveney's own calculation of 2%. Well, I am all for helping, but we have a massive housing crisis and we need to plan for these types of numbers. City West Hotel will need to be taken over again. Army barracks in the country will need to be used. Every school gym. This isn't a case of a few empty rooms. It is a massive influx of people. Uh, Neil, you have a big fine house, so you're taking in a few. Just like to know, uh, why can't all the government use all the land they have in Nama to build log cabins with a 35-year guarantee? Look at how many you could fill in an acre and a 30k cabin. It's what we. It's what they'd be paying for a hotel. So build log cabins. And not just Ukrainians need housing, and it would suit all a 30,000 log cabin. The old Martin has two holiday homes, so I don't see why he's not offering his homes for the Ukrainians. Does he? The Catholic Church has an unimaginable amount of vacant accommodation, says Bob. It's kind of straightforward, Neil. Why must people oppose everything? Limit the numbers incoming to, say, 6,000, so we can budget for that. It won't last forever. These people will want to go home at some stage. Uh, the government, another person says, should pay all those households 70 euro a week per head and 40 euro per child. Just a way to help out. Uh, can't listen. Have to turn it off. Do people not understand this is a war? Children are dying. These people are fleeing for their lives and their children's lives. Why are we debating this? Why are people so negative? We have to help and offer a welcome. And there are pages and pages more of those, which I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. I promise you that. Uh, lines are open. You can text 0868104106. You can pick up the phone on 0818104106. But the other day, talking about kindness and generosity and the goodness of people. The other day, uh, I got, we got this massive big parcel package delivered by a chap called Glenn. And uh, upon opening it, I found that it was full of copy books that were full up with writing. There was a separate bag then of receipts. And I'm talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of receipts for supermarket shopping. Uh, and the books, the copy books were full to the brim, at least 12 of them, absolutely jam packed with messages that Glenn had written over a three-year period while on the streets of Cork. Uh, and they were full of thank yous from people who stopped and gave him a few bob or had a word with them or gave Sandy, his dog, a rub or went and bought him a bit of food. Thank you, thank you. Pages and pages and pages. I actually think if you were to put it into a book form and just say the title of the book was Thank Yous, people would read it because, I mean, I went through them and it's just page after page after page. But in there as well was this um, four sheets from a copy book and it said, I hope this reaches you well, Neil, you're keeping well. My name is Glenn uh, and uh, what's the story? I'm a 41-year-old father, um, five of uh, five kids, six if you include uh, Sandy the dog. Uh, I'm that troubled child. I'm that lost cause. I'm that unwanted The nobody's child. I was pounded by the system all my life, from my childhood. My childhood was blighted by limitations, abuse, self-harm, family separation. Um, He also says that I I only had one eye. Not a pop eye, just a squint eye. And I mention that because when you're born with a squint, you only get to see half of the world. Because one eye is looking down and the other is looking at the sky. Losing my father Christmas week 1988 sent my life into such pain and suffering. 
at the hands of many different people that I was in care with. Uh, I was already in an industrial school, which was supposed to be for 12 weeks, and it ended up being for 11 years, my entire childhood, from industrial schools to foster parents to Oberstown, even to Newry and County Down, from pillar to post. Uh, not, uh, um, it's actually parts of it, the writing is difficult to follow, so bear with me. Um, I was homeless, I was familyless, uh, and looking back, I was worthless. You know, when it's drilled into you that you're only a bastard, the black sheep of the family, I knew from a young age I was different, I accept that, but you know if you're called fat, for example, many times over, over a long period of time, even though I was a greyhound breed, skinny as a tin whistle, you end up believing you're fat because it's all you hear, it's all you listen to, it's all you know. I'm sorry, I have to tell you, I have a mental condition called BPD, Borderline Personality Disorder. Order. It boils down to physical, sexual and emotional abuse as a child. The mistreatment that I was put through by people who were to care for me uh, outside of my own family home, have never recovered from. From the age of seven, I was technically homeless. Uh, that was August 1988. And by Christmas, I was fatherless and abandoned to state care. No wonder there's a screw or two missing. I watched things fall apart in my life for so long. I now believe it's time uh, I deserve that all of the pieces fall back into place. All I ever learned as a child was how to uh, be strong alone. I know you might think I'm crazy. People do sometimes think I'm loco coco crazy, but in a good way. Uh, I'm in a difficult situation and I need a help. Uh, and uh, included are just some of the hundreds and hundreds of people who helped me. And I'm forever grateful. And I will always continue to be. So he sent me that letter and he sent me all of the copy books and he sent me all of the receipts. The receipts are to, he held on to, to show at some stage later in his life that he didn't squander the money on alcohol and he didn't squander the money uh, on drugs. Uh, he spent it on food to survive. And the copy books are jo- just chock full of thank yous. I'll catch up with Glenn after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Glenn. How are we, Neil? You sent me an awful lot of uh, copy books full of pages and pages and pages of thank yous to different people. And then you sent me an awful lot of till receipts and shop receipts. Were all of these from your time on the streets? Yes, you know, um, in my circumstances, I'm 41 years of age. I have five beautiful kids. Well, I have six kids now. I have a, I have a dog with four legs, so that's my sixth child. <laughs> and, you know... To, you'd have to go back a, while, a bit to um, understand my story from from the streets and that, you know. But yeah, yeah I sent you them documents to have a read off because I wanted to thank every like people would help you there, and they don't realise they think they're giving you change, but they're actually giving you hope, you know. I was in care growing up. I was sent to um, an industrial school, let's just say, but I was only meant to be in care for six weeks it transpired that it ended up being all my childhood in care. So, like, my father passed away, said Christmas 1988. My mother couldn't really cope but with five kids, so we were all still in care. And so it was very difficult growing up without your family, without your father, without, you know, the, the enormous support. Well, the best support that anybody could get, you know. So, so you ended up in indu- you ended up in an industrial school for eleven years, and from there to Oberstown, from there into uh, 
did you go into foster care then or did you come out at 18 or what? Well, the thing is, something happened in care, which, you know, isn't, someone interfered with me in care. When I brought that to their attention, you know, it was, you know, it didn't happen. God won't let this happen. You got all this crap. So the only way I could rebel against being in the place was acting up. So I started, you know, acting the Egypt, getting yeah. into trouble, yeah. you know, okay. running away and stealing, smashing windows and just, and, but it was more a cry for attention yeah. at the time rather than, you know, uh, but, so I kept running away back and forth, up and down to Mallow, the guards would bring me back, you know, there was one Christmas we ran away, there was nothing in the house and the guards came up, they sent me up to Orberstown in Lost County, Dublin. Now I was 15 and I was with people that, let's just say, they were after murdering people and what have you, what have you. So, but I felt safer up there than I did in the home because the person that was interfering with me and other people was very close to me and the doors weren't locked. And, you know, mm. So I felt safer in Orberstown. So then I came back from Orberstown and they sent me up to the north. So I lived in Newry County Down for another while. You know, it was just pillar to post, really, this this care business, you know. It's, um, so when I came back into to, um, to, uh, Cork, I stayed in Ballincolly, Cargilline, foster parents, you know. Mm. And when I was 18, I was on my own. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. You're out of care. So yeah, no help, no aftercare, no nothing. So, so that's when you, in your letter, you described that to me as being um, homeless, familyless, uh, looking back, worthless, and that's all yeah. you felt because it was drilled into you that you were only yeah. a bastard. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, you know, I I was all in things, you know. So I'm I'm so glad today, and I'm so happy, like content more than like I'm not ecstatic happy, but I'm not very very okay. sad like before. I'm more content that now I have a home, and now I have a family, and now I have a sea of love, and people love my dog and. But that, that 20 years ago, I was living in Simon. I was on the streets, yeah. you know. We nearly went to the World Cup. I nearly went to represent Ireland in the World Cup, the Homeless World Cup in 2002. And in what? Soccer? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, yes, yes. And I lived in uh, Simon for... Yeah, and what was really ironic at the time was I was living in Simon, but I was working in the Clarion Hotel, like, literally a stone throw away, you know. Go away. And building it and they didn't know I was living there but I needed to get out of there I needed to work I needed to to do something better because I knew I just didn't want to you know I didn't want to be dead and I didn't want to be addicted and I was addicted at the time to several different things you know because uh, it was just a way of blocking out the pain what was, it, that was, was, it, was it alcohol or did you end up on heroin? No, you know, um, I tried heroin, I think, once in my whole life, and I was terribly sick for three days, mm. and I would swore I'd never, ever, ever do it again, and I haven't, you know. Alcohol would have been my biggest problem, okay. no, but I thank God I, I very rarely drink anymore, but actually what was a really big problem uh, was legal medication. You know, from the psychiatrist, you know, psychiatrist and psychologist, and, were you, you know, were grief you... counsellor, and... Were you diagnosed with uh, borderline personality disorder and medicated for that? Yes, okay. yes. Yeah. Yes. And did you become addicted to whatever you were being given? Oh, you know, I was at one time maybe taking 10, 15 tablets a day, you know. 
Um, and it just—they're it, worse for your mind. You know, I find that a bit personally. You know, I'm off from now. I haven't yeah. taken medication. I haven't t- taken so much as a paracetamol since last June. Were you trying to I've kill off medication. or bury or to delete or to erase the physical and the sexual and the emotional abuse? Do you think? Okay, you can never erase something. You know, you can only deal with it. That's all you can do. You yeah. know, you can only forgive. You know, you can't forget. But you can you can show that okay. What I were the? I, I mean, what I, were the? I can move on. Yeah. You well, know, because what, like, what, what were the sorry, days? What were the days in the many many years in the industrial school like? I mean, you know, how how did you spend your days, weeks, months, and years? Um. Oh. Mostly alone. Mostly desperate for love. Mostly desperate for your family. Mostly, you know. We stayed the Sisters of Mercy and, you know, it was very difficult. We had to pray a lot. We had to, you know, it was a, every day was like a routine, you know, Friday was fish day. And Lent, we used to go, we used to have to go to uh, Mass every single uh, morning, a half seven for Lent. And was this, in, was, was this in the 90s, Glenn? Was this in the 90s? Yeah, the early okay, 90s. And the, so the 40 days of Lent, which we're going through now, what were they like? Uh, for other people, you know, if you, whatever whatever way you want to take it, but for me, man, I you, you have to do it. Like you have to go to, and they had their own little private church, so it wasn't a public church you were going to. It was their own little small little church, and um, you had to go. There was no two ways about it. They pulled ears off you. They pulled ears up to the sky if you didn't go. Yeah, and you you were told God was your savior and God was everything. You know. That was just the way it was back then. Like, was there any no, happiness think, there amongst the young kids and what have you? I mean, were you were oh, you no. were you, were you I, fed I, and I warm? I okay. <laughs> Everything was kind of locked away. All the presses were locked. You know, you had to ask for your fruit. You had to, ask, and that was, you had you you got cereal the weekends. So that was like a special occasion the weekends. You know, you got like fifty p pocket money for your ice cream, but I never got pocket money because I too I said too many f's and buts and. Yeah. You know, they, you were docked. You know, if you said it, if you took the Lord's name in vain, you were docked. So that was me uh, flipped out of it. I could, I never got a, a pound or a penny off him. Um, but I felt it was a very difficult place to live because you were living like there was twenty, thirty odd kids there, uh, ranging from seven to twenty-one, with mi- mixed abilities, uh, mixed disabilities. You know different needs um, different wants you know there was one or two families there like brothers and the brother and sister yeah. you know um, but a few of these people know that I wasn't the homeless have either passed away or have either uh, are in jail for very serious uh, crimes yeah, or, know. you know what I mean and yeah, I'm thinking yeah, I know. okay I, that's the route I didn't want to go down that's the route I didn't take you know I'm trying to uh do the best in my own personal circumstances. And you know what I mean. So, so uh, you say that you were wor- you were working and in the Simon at the same time. Um, you couldn't have stayed in the Simon for a long time, though, could you? Did, did you did you find a home, or did you were you homeless for a period? I was homeless. Look, Neil. Technically, if you, were, you know, from when I went to that home when I was seven to the age of twenty nine, I was homeless because. But I was sent to the home at seven, the orphanage or the industrial school. My dad passed away and we were left there. 
defend for yourselves, you know. And we were pillar to post up to 18, and then at 18 I got a flat or the bed set, and then I got a flat, and then in time, and then the whole, and then a relationship, and then, you know, yeah. back and forth. Um, so, you know, I didn't, get a, I didn't get a home, really, until I was 29 years of age. Um, from the council and it's my home now it's all I have yeah it's bricks and mortar but it's and, bricks and mortar you know I'm very safe here and the um, the copy books there are many of them there's one two three four five six seven eight I've counted nine here they're full of they're full of thank yous from over the years to the lady with the glasses and the short curly hair. Um, I think you just came out of a hair salon. I thank you lots and lots. You're a kind-hearted person. Another one um, to the lady with the red hair dressed in black. Thank you, lady. Your support and thoughtfulness. You had a black hat on. Uh, another one to the gentleman. Um, with the face mask. Thank you very much for your help and your support. There's another one. Oh, they're just. They're just. They're just. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you. Yeah. All these people need. I, you know, I have worked on and off. I've tried my very best. I'm telling you now. I have what, what I've done. Other people, you know, in my situation, well, my, other people would have probably given up at this stage. And you cannot give up. To the kind lady who gave me a sandwich. To the gentleman in the Audi car. Thank you for stopping. Thank you for your care. There's just hundreds and hundreds of thank yous. To the big man with the beard and the blue shirt. Uh, that blew the horn and said hello. It's incredible. It's incredible. The people of Cork, and they're just a they, Brady bunch. But, <laughs> but they're brilliant. They're just absolute. They're just, they but care. why did you write all these down, though? Day after day. Were you on the streets? Getting okay, in? I have to. Uh, and let me get in. Let me get back to the small bit. I, I kind of sidetracked a little bit. I was. I worked as hard as I could. You know, I worked in the Elysian Tower. I worked in uh, Paven Patrick's Bridge. I only recently worked in uh, the restoration of uh, Patrick's Bridge. So I was on and off working, but I, I was on disability loans. You know, for a good while. And but you see, because my some of my kids now live abroad, and anytime I go out to visit them the government cut me off my disability so in 2020 when I came back two years ago when I came back I didn't have a pot to piss in as the man says and there were bills there that needed pain yeah I could get a job but I wasn't getting money for two or three weeks and I went out and I thought nobody's going to help me nobody like why would they why? And so did you I go was, out tapping I, then I was it believe, I couldn't believe the kindness the, the generosity the, the empathy from people that you know I've met, and another thing too, I've met so many, so many, so many, the greatest people in the world I've met from going out. Okay. If I didn't okay. go out, I wouldn't have met all these people. Thank you so to I the lady to who bought me a coffee and two jam bonds. Thank you to the lady all wrapped up from the rain. Thank you to the lady in the Mazda car for uh, wishing us a happy Easter. There's just thousands of them. One of the nicest things that's happened out in the street, and many things have happened to me not so good, and many things have happened so good. All these people have been like angels to me. Here's another one, half past four in the afternoon. I wanted to show it. Some people wouldn't talk to you, some people, you know, but I wanted to say, listen, thank you so much. Like, you really, really, you don't realize the pressure, the gratefulness, the thankfulness that I have. It's not always about the money. You say, thanks to the lady with the short hair. Thank you for just turning around and asking how I was and wishing us well. Were you with Sandy the dog? Is it? Yeah. Smallest things in life that mean the most, Neil. You know, and if you can understand that, then you're, you have to be content with everything you have in your life. Okay. And you have to give gratitude to the small, it's the 
smallest thing can change a day, you know, and that's what it's all about, you know, making people feel better. And, all right. You know... The young, to the young child with her dad who dropped a euro into my small bucket, um, to the 19-year-old um, who stopped at the lights on her bike... Um, why did you send me all of the receipts? There's a bag full of hundreds of because, receipts. You know, the thing is, when when you go out in the street, people look down on you like you know you're only an addict or you're only scum or this word they use, junkie. Come on, like people are not junk. Like people are sick. You have to understand. You have to see past the addiction. You have to see past the hurt. You have to see a real person. You know. Um, so I kept all the receipts because that's you know they paid my bills. And I wanted to show that, look, this is what I used the money for. I didn't have to go out and... Uh, it's not for drink. It's not no, for this. No, it's not. It's, it's for... It's for, it's for, it's for potato wedges. It's for pizza. It's for butter. It's. I'm going through some of the receipts. There's bags of them. It's for... Um, what have we got here? Coffee. Uh, laundry, laundry powder. Medallions. Yep. I imagine that's probably pork or something. You know, when you're, when you're not antibacterial cloths. Hang on a second. Toilet roll, toilet tissues, Centra fresh milk, orange juice, sliced chicken, Kleenex, more toilet roll, chicken breasts. It just goes on. Grated cheddar. Are these all the receipts that you got from food that you got that you got begging? Uh, yeah, and. I kept adding receipts to show that that's what I need. I needed, like, I'm on very limited means, you know. So when they cut off my disability, I went from, like, 100, uh, sorry, 183 euro a week to nothing a week. So oh, I was yeah. like, right, what do I do, like? Well, well, how, how do I? And I'm working away. I have a job next week lined up for, nice for a few weeks. Good man. Uh, Can I ask you, Glenn, you know, it, it, you know, would you get much money tapping on the streets? Okay, I tell you what I do. I have, everyone has their own way. Like, there's so many nice people out in the streets. And if you ever, you know, help as much as you can. And no one, everyone, not everyone's going to help everyone. But if you see someone, you know, what I would make in the, on the street on, on, um, on a day, it could be, you know, 20, 30 euro. Because I always try and give something back, you know. Yeah. Uh, every day, day of day. And if you ever see, if you're ever in town and you hear the Echo guy, go into uh, Butler's there. We go in every day and we buy him a coffee and a cookie, you know. We always give back and we get flowers for people every day as well and we give them out. And, you know, it's just our way of saying thank you. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for, thank you for giving us your love, you know. There's thousands, there's thousands of thank yous here. Like, thank you, page after page after page. And tell me, were you handy at soccer, did you say? Yeah, so look, I, um, I could have, I could have played for, um, Wembleton, I think there was tries for Wembleton one time uh, lined up for me, but of course, as a mad teenager and a a delinquent and whatever else, sure, you know, they were, they were, they might, then the dreams were long gone, you know. And do you look back but at that then, now, sadly, at a missed opportunity? Neil, you know something, you got to live your life. Whatever happens, happens, you know. Missed opportunities will come back, you know, days will keep, another day will come, it's grand. If I, if, I, if all these things didn't happen through my life, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm much, I, I can't believe, number one, I've got what I've got, as in, got a home, have five beautiful, wonderful kids who I love equally, have a lovely dog, have thousands of followers, thousands of people follow our dog online. And, you, you know, I'm very happy. And if I didn't make the mistakes I didn't make in life, it's, you know, that's, I, I wouldn't have learnt. Well, I'm so happy. I'm so glad that it's worked out for you. You say 
you know, you said, I've come some way from being in trouble most of my life on the court pages to the front page, from homeless, familyless and loveless to having a home, um, a loving family and a sea of love. Uh, I'm a never give up person and a lot of small steps got me today uh, what I wished for 20 years ago. That's, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Do you know all of the... You know, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a rich man in my pockets, but in my heart I'm telling you now something, I'm as rich as I, I'm the richest person in the whole world. But why don't you take these um, copy books and get them published in a book form? Well, you know, that's the next idea. Uh, I know, I think you should. Just call the book. Thank you. I mean, you should really publish these. Yeah, I'd like if there was someone listening that would help me with that that idea, you know. Um, that'd be great, you know. Well, you should get somebody to read them at least. Um, yeah. Because in the world that we uh, live in now, I think it's an insp- it could be an inspirational book. Well, it's people give me the inspiration, you know. You meet so many nice people out in the boat and really, like, there's so much love in Cork and in, in, in Ireland and in the world. There's well, these copy books are full of love. They really are. They're yeah. full of people just being generous and kind and giving you a few bob and asking how you are and having a chat and buying something exactly, for Sandy. Yeah. You know, if you ever see us out in the street, we're always open to a chat, you know, a cup of coffee and hello, and we're very open. And right. as I said, my dog has got me through a lot as well because, you know, I have five kids, as I said, but none of them live with me. Okay, they do, but they don't, as you get me. I know what you mean. Um, right. but, just, just packing yeah. up your bag again here and packing up the all the receipts and the, and the copy books. I want to get them back to you safely, all right? Oh, yeah, brilliantly. That's great. Listen, uh, yeah. stay in touch, yeah. will you? It's great chatting with you. And I'm delighted um, that life has turned around. Yeah, sure. Look, life is what you make it. And you have to keep moving, you know. And my advice is, you know, do things small, do things in small ways, in small steps. And, okay, your life will get better. You know, you have to keep looking, to keep thinking positive and keep, you know, believing that anything that you can plant in your head is you can achieve, you know. Anything you can do past your driving license, you can do it. Past your, your, your leaving short, going to college, dream it, you can do it, you know. So that's just a visualization. Kind of my man. advice to the young people out there and, 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 from, and from me and from my dog, Sandy. Thanks very much to the people of Cork for everything and for getting us through our, our difficult days and we really appreciate your love. Well said, pal. Well said. Good luck to you. Stay in touch. No worries, Neil. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye, bye then. Bye, bye, R.E.M., Michael Stipe, and everybody hurts. They say that in a recent uh, survey that that was voted the, voted the saddest song ever written. I don't know, maybe you would agree or disagree. I certainly disagree because I don't think it's a sad song. I think it's a song, I think it's actually a song of hope. I think it's a song of hanging on, a song of battling on. And it's more about uh, the message that... We all are faced with challenges. It's how we deal with them. That's just my interpretation of it. 
but a great song nonetheless. And I send best wishes and kind regards to Glenn and indeed to Sandy the dog and to Vincent, who actually wanted that played yesterday. Uh, I didn't get around to it yesterday, but I try and fulfill as many promises as I can. I can promise you one thing. Somebody's going to scoop Free Food Friday again this Friday. And we have uh, Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool back on board again uh, for the f- considerable future. And uh, welcome back. Uh, we have wonderful, wonderful prize. Fifteen of you will be fed with chicken wings and chicken skewers, beef skewers, chicken wraps, chicken pittas, beef burgers. Big selection of them. As well as that, you'll get the Piri Piri sauce to go with it. The Piri salted fries which I have a passion for, the rice, and the newest side that they're offering now, the waffle fries. There's a lot of food going on there with the piri mayo and the garlic piri mayo. And then for dessert, you can build your own cheesecake with all of the different topics, topics, toppings, I should say, on offer. Further details at roosterspiripiri.com. So good morning. To everybody at Prompto Dispatch, all of the drivers and all of the staff, to cross refrigeration on the old, on the Mallow Road, to, uh, I think this is, it says Clugga National School in Balanskarty. I hope I'm pronouncing that. We are a small two-teacher school with big-hearted pupils. Seven fabulous staff, and we'd all love a Friday treat to share with the staff and the pupils. Cork Distribution and Little Island are listening. Dennehy's Health and Fitness and Penrose Dock. Lumberzack Firewood. They're chopping away in the Money Gourney Yard on this Friday morning. Twilight News on Patrick Street, Paul Street and the bus station. The book station in Douglas. Bridgewater Homes in Blackrock are listening. DPD, Depot 27 are on board. Blockwall Developments in Ballinglana. Kiri's BMW in Little Island, particularly Kevin and all the lads in the workshop keeping all the BMWs safe. Trevor Toolhar on Victoria Road for the starving lads. Irish International Trading on the Tremore Road. Roadstone and Ballancolic. The A&D Department at the CUH. They're doing 12-hour shifts. Republic of Work on the South Mall. Bandon and Maham Point. The volunteers who are collecting goods for the Ukraine. Some people just jump to action and give their time and energy to help others. And another few, care a lot, child care, Niamh, Kira, Natasha, Laura C, Laura H, two Lauras, Kelly, Emma and Avril slogging away. SOS Recovery in Blarney on the Tremore Road, Calumet uh, Island Car Parts in Little Island. Uh, everyone working for the County Council fixing water breaks would love to fill their bellies. Euro Parts are listening, so is everybody at Dublin Builder, Builders Providers and the crew at Sunbeam Vets just because they're amazing. So we'll do another bunch of shout-outs around about 20 past 11 this morning. So text who you are and where you're working. Text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. Got a lovely text in earlier in the week because we were talking about it being World Book Day at the time and I was talking about I loved the classics and I loved all of the Dickens stuff and the books that I did in school. Other people found them a yawn. I I even loved Peg actually. But uh, lovely text here says, love the show and I agree with you. It's nice if somebody agree with me for a change I love the classics um, I have a degree in English literature I've been a bookworm since I was a kid my thesis in college was based on most of the classics Passage to India Pride and Prejudice Great Expectations I go back to those books often enough I can see how people can find it boring though because my sister never got through Pride and Prejudice and uh, and the likes of those books she can't keep her eyes open so maybe if someone someone is suffering from insomnia this is the solution for some 
read the classics. Well, they certainly didn't put you to sleep, nor me either. Anyway, keep the text coming. Text 0868104106. This side of 11, can I also mention yesterday, the bus that was at Maham Point, we didn't have the big red bus, but in fairness to Carney's coaches, they gave us a bus and they gave it to us yesterday free of charge. So they didn't charge us for the bus yesterday and I'm forever grateful for that. Um, just uh, this side of 11, just have some more text because there was a lot of text on this yesterday. Not everybody was feeling in generous mood. I'm not saying they were not generous people, but they just didn't see that this was a right thing to be doing with regards to bringing people into the country, as the fellow says. Uh, Eric says, are these people really out there comparing refugees from a war to homeless people living here? Have they not seen the news? Are they not watching the footage and the families torn apart so men can stay behind and defend their country while selflessly hoping their wives and children get out with their lives? Get a grip, these people. Get a grip. They had normal lives like you and me only a week ago, and now they're fleeing to save their lives, not to get a free house. I mean, come on, like. I'm working, so I can't come on, but raging listening to the total ignorance of some people are showing on your program. Uh, just a minute now. You say the refugees won't stay long. I remember politicians on your program talking about the hotel in McCroom being used as a direct provision centre, that it was only for three months. It's now three years later. Refugees are all working by day, but still in direct provision for free. Uh, would you like that, incidentally? Would you like to be working by day and heading back to a direct provision adapted hotel? I wouldn't think so. Uh, why don't the council set up a plan and call for tradesmen to spare a few hours of their time instead of making donations to get all the boarded up houses and all the estates up and running? Then they can house the Irish and the Ukrainians and anyone else that need, needs them. See, the thing is, it's left up to the people always. And the likes of Katrina Toomey or they feed the homeless groups. The fact of the matter is, if people wanted to all along, they could have done more for Irish homelessness and than what they're doing now for Ukrainians. But guess what? It's not too late. The Irish are still homeless. You can still do something if you're that passionate. Let's pull together and get off our arses and put all this energy that we're wasting debating issues into action. Uh, Frick says, I see Ukrainian people that come here will get Irish citizenship. Will they? I don't know about that. He says they will. Well, they'll be entitled to no housing and a brutal health service. So to each and every one of them, welcome to Ireland. And just one or two more. Not so long ago, our government said, take a Syrian family. Now it's take a Ukrainian refugee. No mention about taking in a homeless Irish person ever. Maybe our TDs could start by offering space in their own houses. Common sense dictates that Ireland needs to increase its infrastructure. We need more hospitals, guardie, schools, doctors, dentists, buses, trains. People here currently can't get a doctor, a place in a school, even a hospital bed, nor a school bus. And now we want to add another 100,000, not including the 17,000 that were granted residency, despite being here illegally. As they say, you couldn't make it up. That's a selection of texts to 0868104106. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. New year, new number for Neil. 0818104106. Ah, yeah, have a listen to this. together now. You know this one, Liz? And they called it Puppy Love. Hey, you're laughing, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you're not old enough to remember that, are you? 
Oh, are you? Donny Osmond, right in one. I'm contemplating playing the whole thing, but then again, maybe not. But come here, tell me the story of Ralphie. It goes back five years anyway, doesn't it? Yeah. So I met him on the beach. And he just came over to the bed for me. And and this, and wasn't, a, this wasn't a tall, dark Turkish man. It was a four-legged no. dog called Ralphie. Four-legged, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> four-legged. And he got up on the sunbed and I, he let me put sunglasses on him. <laughs> and he just kept following me. What kind of a dog is he? This uh, and you can continue then with your shaggy dog story. <laughs> well, he's he's kind of a breed of a. There's a Labrador, but I said he's kind of a greyhound in him. Lovely temperament. All right. Yeah. So, he's my so you were in Gumbet in Turkey yeah. on the beach, or is it Gumbe? How do you pronounce it? Gumbe. Gumbe. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And um, so my friend lives there, and he followed her. He followed us home. So he starts coming up there then at night to her house and back onto the beach. Very famous there, the two of them, him and the Django on the beach. Everybody knows them. Who's the Django? The Django is another dog, a beach dog. He's still there. There are such things as beach dogs then, are they? They're strays. Oh God, too many. Too old. Go away. No collars, obviously, or anything like this. Not cared no, for. just dumped on the beach. Just dumped there. It's so sad. Right. You know, there's a great team. They're feeding them. And they, you know, it's hard going. Okay. I heard you you fed him, though, regularly, didn't you? Oh, God, yeah. I make a donation when you go over, like, to buy bags of food. It's just to help. It's so sad. Okay. So you saw him every day. Did he stay with you every yeah. day on the beach? Oh, yeah. And he'd be sitting under, under other people's beds as well to be fed. We just kept coming back to me. And then he was moved in COVID. He went to Istanbul. And Istanbul then on to Bulgaria. Why? Why? That's his travel. He had to be quarantined. He had to be quarantined. Why? In Bulgaria to come into Europe. And why was he coming to Europe? Because I, I, that's how I got him back. No, so you're jumping ahead. When you decided at some stage on the beach that you were going to get this guy home, is it? I did. I said to my friend, I said, I'd love to have him. Never dream and I would. And she said, I'll do everything in my power to get him to. And they did. They did. The only thing was cold, but he'd have been here sooner. So this was five years ago. Yeah. When you were still in Turkey before you came home from your holidays, you started yeah. the process of filling in the paperwork, is it? No, not that soon. Right. Not that soon. It went on when I went back again in September. And I kept saying to Elaine, you know, we were sitting in the garden, he was come up into the garden and he was just a pet. I said, oh, I would just give anything to have him back, but it's so expensive. Right. But they done um, a thing over, kind of go fund me, and it just cost me two grand then. You remind me of another GoFundMe for a kitten that was supposed to be coming back from Thailand. I don't I know. If that, I don't know did, that, did that kitten ever come to Ireland in the end or whatever? I've never heard no more about that. Never heard no more about it. No. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's no. extraordinary. Maybe, maybe he did unbeknownst to me and is in the country. But So anyway, did you have a friend in Turkey when you came home that, you know, got this the, the system working and the gear shifting yeah. for you? Oh, they're fantastic there. They're a great crowd with strays. And just they done it over and all... I just had to pay the rest. When he came into England, no, like my friend had him for a week. So and tell me, he, tell me the journey that Ralphie the dog had to go through. It's all gone back to Istanbul. 
then Istanbul to Bulgaria, and then four days on a truck from Bulgaria to London. <laughs> and then... He had no idea what was going on, Ralphie. He was missing the beach, I'd say. Oh, God, love him. He's so good. When he went to London with my friend, they adored him. <laughs> so I had to get a guy then. Um, very good. He, he has a van, and he was £400, and we had to go to Carlo to pick him up out of the van. But when he got out of the crate, he just knew me straight away. Did he? I was going to ask you that. Did he recognise you? Unbelievable. I have the video. He just jumped. He was so excited. He just knew me straight away. Isn't that amazing? I'd love to see that video. I'll have to get that and send it in. It's on my phone there now somewhere because it's four you, but, me four but, weeks yesterday. So he, but it was, was it five years later? He was an older dog then at that stage. He's six. On his passport, he's six. So he's grown up considerably, has he? Yeah. He's tall, but he's, he's the total couch potato. He just loves to lie down. And does he love Cork? Loves it. And I take him for a walk there around Douglas and whatever. And the lock, and everybody knows him from the TV. And tell me, like, does, he, does the weather bother him? Because Turkish weather would no. be a lot better than ours. I thought, no, because I was sent away for a jacket for him and it's too small. <laughs> so I tried, wanted to put him, wrap him up, taking him out. No. And he loves out the back garden, rolling in the grass. What do you feed I him? He's just happy. What do you feed him? Oh, stop. I actually nearly forgot. No, I have um, pork chops in there. I love him. And I get chicken. And nuts, you know, the nuts. Well, tell me he about, do you, do you cook those pork chops for him? They're cooking there now in the oven. Ah, uh, come here, he's a seriously spoiled dog. Pork chops? Oh, uh, well, you know, they were on the reduced style. <laughs> you had to freeze them for chicken, anything, because he, he never would have had anything like that. Uh, he's not missing his other buddy dogs from the beaches of Gumbay, you know? Oh, he was missing the dogs. Because when he came out, he was frightened. I think he was thinking, where am I going to go next? That's amazing. I mean, that's now thousands of miles. Seconds. Thousands. And the, the guy that brought him in the truck said he never see a dog so obedient. He just jumped into the crate. And what do they do with regards to dogs? Why do they end up on the beach? Are there people that no longer want them or do they just... Yeah. Or they just come down from Istanbul or other parts of Turkey once they get to the beach and just dump them on the beach. It's very sad. It's very sad. Well, there's one, beautiful dogs. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one less dog on the beaches of Turkey now because he's out in the lock in Douglas. <laughs> yeah, he loves around Douglas. So we walk. The mangler. But he's lazy. He likes to come home and lie down. <laughs> he's a typical man, then, is he? A typical man. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Typical. I love it. It's a great. It's a real shaggy Doris dog story. It's a, well, it's a tale. T a i l. Of love across two continents, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I think he was meant for me. He was meant for you. <laughs> for some reason, yeah. The I only never ma- taught him I buy the streams I get him home. Is he the only man in your life, is he? He is, yeah. So no wonder he's getting pork chops then. <laughs> <laughs> the only man. All right. Great story. Lovely, right, lovely story you. on this Friday morning. Give him a big hug for us, will you? I will, of course. Thank you. See you, Liz. Take care.
Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new number, 0818-104-106. Ah, yes, indeed. We live in a changing world where cash is no longer king and it's cards and debit cards and tap and go everywhere. Or at least that's the way it seems to be. Or it was last night, I believe, in the Opera House. Tom, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good, my man. You dropped your 83-year-old dad and his uh, good buddy to the Opera House last night for the Ronan Collins show band night, wasn't it? That's right. It is something that they were looking forward to for the last couple of months. Yeah. Obviously, with the COVID, it got cancelled and so forth. So, I dropped him in last night at bright and early. And I thought it was really punctual. You want to be in there early so they get a good seat and stuff like that. Yeah. So, they were early and they um, got their seat. And when they went down at half time, then uh, they were left on with a bang because they were told after the drinks landed on the table that it was card only. And my dad says, Card, like, sorry, I don't have a card, like, but he said it's card only, the right amount, or no change given. So they've got a couple of bob together. How did they do that? Like, had, did they have the price of the pint? Yeah, he had money on him, but like, he couldn't give 20 euros for a pint. Yes, what I mean. Uh, it was, he did, like, if you, if you got two pints and you gave 20 euro, you get no change. No change given. This is what the barman said, and when they were looking for the change and try to get the exact amount of money out. The barman said, lads, come on. He said, the bar's busy. They really got left He said, come on, way. lads, the bar is busy. Come on, boys. Come on, boys, the bar is busy. So, like, no, they got into the car at quarter past uh, 11. They were telling me all the great crack and they met such and such a person. Their f- music was fantastic. They met all their old friends. Well, they'd be big into the music of the show, show bands. A fellow at 83 exactly. years old, yeah, Ronan Collins, put on a great show. Pre-COVID. Yeah. And there was no such thing as a card with cash was king then. Now, I know it is a changing time, Nina. You said that. And I think, no, I did put on my social media page there and stuff. And there was loads of people who were on about it and geeks before that. Now, tell me what, yeah, because I'm not aware of any of this. So what were people saying on your page? They were at another gig last week and it was the same kind of crack and... Uh, for Ross Brown and they were asked for another gig before that and thanks for telling us how my man was going next weekend and I'll tell her to have her money with her but the point is I'm going to try to make it and I, I sent it out to the opera house as well like with the, they should take into appreciation the age group of the audience that they had for that night I can understand I'm all for tapping blood because I do it all the time but I'm a different age group my dad doesn't have a tapping and go card you know what I mean? Exactly. Now that he's buddy. Yeah, exactly. But like, they were kind of, and my dad was quick enough last night to say to the barman, listen, my guy jumped for that. He took the cash. He says, we got the tickets. Do you know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, but that's that's okay. I understand tap and go. It's faster and everything. But what's the what what's the reason for this? Uh, I where, don't know. I is, is it COVID or is it because they can serve people faster? What, what's the reason? No, my dad did say he thinks they were understaffed last night. There was only one person ushering them to their seats. No one kind of did know where to go, but they got over that kind of part because everyone was just delighted to see each other and everyone was saying, oh, you know why, and all that kind of crap. And it was late starting. So maybe I thought last night that they adopted that because they were running behind. But according to my Facebook page, it wasn't. It was at, it's at every gig. But they don't tell you that when you go up to the bar and order a drink. Well, some shows will be of an el- of an older generation who won't necessarily... Firstly, they won't know about it. Like, because that show is only for that age group. And surely be the guy, someone in there should have to cop on and say, listen, I think we should do cash tonight. 
or something like that. You know what I mean? I have more staff on. I, I don't know. It, it, that was the only part that got left down. Like, they were coming home, the candle was sent, and it was a disaster. Like, and this and that, and the attitude, yeah, man, and this tap and go, and it was all this tap and go kind of crack. Yeah, that's I know. You know like, and He's 83. No, it's, it's for all the gigs, but I think with with the age group of the audience that they had that, and it was a full house last night. My dad said it was a full house. No, they, were, they weren't the only people that got caught short, but I, want, I don't mean caught short as not have money in the pocket. He had money in his pocket, but he couldn't spend it. Okay, okay. Listen, um, so I'm just wondering, did anyone else have the same issue? No, according to social media, they did. But I'd, be, I'd like to hear what the opera was. And so would I. We've Cork. sent an email to the marketing department at Cork Opera House and I'd be expecting a, a, a response. They, they always do come back. I'd just like to know the reasons behind it and, uh, and we can take it from there. Let's see what they have to say, all right? On the bar, Neil. Cheers, Tom. And you're dead right. Ronan Collins puts on one heck of a show. So when I get a response from the uh, from the Opera House, I will bring it back to air. For all of the business, text 0868104106. Listen, can I meant to do this earlier in the week? Didn't get time. Uh, let me first recap. This is Tess, right, uh, who was talking to me on behalf of her son. This is from uh, November of last year. It's an incredibly powerful email that you sent on your behalf, but more importantly, on behalf of your son who suffers from spina bifida, is non-verbal, non-ambulant, doubly incontinent, and has intractable epilepsy. He suffers and has continued to suffer from multiple seizures a day since he was 11 months old and was prescribed by your neurologist uh, CBD oil. And you started um, with that treatment of CBD oil on a daily basis. We started with that on the in 2019 in February, and it's made such a huge difference to Darren's overall health. Darren's epilepsy—it's driven by pain or infection. If you know, if he gets an infection, and because he's spinal bifida, he just—he'd get multiple urinary tract infections. So, um, the consultant's um, opinion at the time was if we could improve his immune system, we'd control his infections. And that's exactly what happened. Um, he's currently in COH. This is his second admission in two years. Is that a lot better than it used to be? He would have, I suppose, approximately five admissions into any year. Okay, so from um, five a year yeah. to one a year, but it's cost you €20,000 personally. Roughly, yeah. What is a month's supply? He's on five bottles a month and each each bottle is €129. Euro. That's so, €645 euro a month that you have to find. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not ringing about the cost. I'm ringing about the rationale behind government decisions to not allow people that badly need this to take it. You know, I'm I'm speaking about the the red tape and the bureaucracy that prevents people that, have, that suffer all their lives from it's, being able to avail of something that clearly works. Clearly works is right and has done for Darren. Tess joins me by phone. Tess, good morning. Morning, Neil. Now, um, I recall my conversation with you like as if it was yesterday, but of course it was back yeah. in October, November. In fact, if I remember correctly, Mihal Martin was on the air with me at the time and he made a commitment and a promise on air that he would get in touch with you. Did that happen? Uh, no, not, not as of yet. No. Um, Did you attempt the- to contact him? 
I did. Um, I've spoken to the constituency office and I sent emails and registered letters to um, government buildings and I have spoken to staff members in his constituency office, but it just seems to be gone into... Um, so they, the answer, the phone is answered, etc., etc. Are emails returned? Yeah. Well, initially, I suppose I I waited. I suppose about two weeks because I realised that the teacher was a very busy man, obviously, and then I decided to make contact. So my initial contact was registered letter to um, government buildings in Dublin. So that got lost somewhere along the line, and I phoned them and. They asked it got a registered letter got lost. Did they tell you that? They said it hadn't gone to the relevant government department. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. 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 But you addressed so, it to the right department. I did. I did. Um, so Good I God. they advised to get in contact with his Cork office, which I did, and I spoke to staff members there that were extremely helpful at the time. But I suppose the ironic thing about this is I was advised that a new application would have to go in, which was fine. Um, Not. I had I had the opportunity then of um, being at an appointment with Dr. Costello and my son, and Dr. Costello actually phoned um, the, the constituency office, office yeah. and gave everything that was asked of him and more. And did he talk so, about the benefits and the safety? He did. He this is CBD with THC, is it? No, no, it's just CBD. There's nothing in it. Um, right, okay. Which is better for my son because, you know, if you don't have to take a drug, why would you, you know? The, the CBD for Darren has just improved his overall immune system. That's interesting, isn't it? And stopped infections, UTIs, um, because when he gets an infection, that's what drives his epilepsy. So Dr. Castro, in his wisdom, decided to put Darren on CBD to improve his overall immune system. I know, I know. So he which, spoke which with the constituency office. Yeah, the hospitalizations, went, yeah. the A&Es, the intravenous antibiotics, the everything, you know. Um so, yeah, it, it was going fine, but I suppose time was going on, Neil. And, you know, the company that I deal with in Dublin, they've just been so brilliant to me. They're they're giving it to me now at, at half the price. Um, they're, such a, they're just such a, an amazing company, you know. You, but you still have spent upwards of €21,000, right? I have, okay. today, okay. yeah. And then you went back again across the new year and emailed on the 1st, the 2nd, the 18th and the 28th. Is that uh, to Micheál Martin's office? Yes, and, you and received, phone calls. Did you, re- did you receive any response. response to those emails? No. Okay. No. Now, I suppose the, like, the funny thing about this is the way you know the health system works in Ireland, I was told if, if I could word this application differently, we might have a chance. So I said, okay, fine, whatever. You know, um, but I mean, overall, the, the result and the outcome is the same. It's ridiculous, you know. We you said to me when you came back to me in your email, the highly paid public servants do not care about my non-verbal, non-ambulance son. They do not care that he sits in a wheelchair without his day service, day in, day out, hour after hour. Yeah, I mean, I've also been on to the Minister for Disabilities okay. about him getting back to school or getting back to a service. And How old is Darren now? Make- 
they're making an, an inquiry since October. That's all I have from them. Yeah. And they don't return phone calls or voicemails. Why either. isn't this day service back? I don't know. He's Since the beginning of the pandemic, Darren hasn't been to school. Is that Cope or where would he go? Uh, he's in Cope Foundation. He's um, That would be NASC through Cope Foundation and the HSE. So nothing since March of 2020? No. And no. how old is he now? He's 27. How's he adjusted to that over the last two years? Like, I I suppose I know, Darren, I know when his mental health is low. Um, I know when he's sad, you know, I know when he's bored. He'll sleep a lot because he's bored. Um, now, the staff that care for him on a day-to-day basis are amazing. They, they really do try you see, to... Stimu- they stimulate him. They stimulate him, but there's an issue then with, with, with staffing in that transport is only available one half of the week. So for maybe one or two days, he can get out for a spin. And the way that the, the staffing is rostered, there's non-drivers on the other shift. I sure, I know, so, I know. Listen, it's very um, important that if I do stories on air, that I go back to those stories. And I endeavour to do that as often yeah. as possible because, you know, it's an unfinished yeah. story. And we're now in March of twenty. 22. Other families, though, do get um, helped with the cost, don't they, and get refunded the cost. That is the case, isn't it? That is the case. It is. But is it on a, is it on a kind of a willy-nilly basis as to who does and who doesn't? I don't know, Neil. You know, I don't know. There doesn't seem to be any structured... Um, doctors in the COH have told me that their patients have been refunded. Um, there doesn't seem to be any structured criteria for who gets refunded or who gets it paid for um, and you know it's I suppose if people would just answer questions directly okay, if Michal Martin yeah. would come out and say no you're not getting it and you know return phone calls explain what's going on has an application got I think in. they make it difficult no because it's expensive you think and they try and put as many hurdles as possible that's the impression I get um, I suppose in terms of savings to the state and hospitalizations for two weeks, six times a year, it's very cost effective. It's very cost effective. You're right on the money there. Yeah, you are. But apart from all that, I mean, the, the suffering this, this has saved Darren and me, because when he goes into hospital, I go into free fall. Do you? You know, Why? I do. Why? Worry, you know, worry, he might die. He mightn't come out of a seizure, you know. I'm not all. I can't always be in there with him. Is he lying in a trolley? Is there anyone looking? I mean, no one. None of us want to go into A and E. Never mind an ambulance, non-verbal men. You know that has test has to be catheterised. Clinics can't turn, can't talk. Should should break your heart. Was back. he was he in A and E over COVID? Where. No. No. Cause, no. And if he wa- no. had been, would he have been on his own? No, he could never be on his own. Darren is like a newborn baby, except... So you would have been seven. able to be with him? Um, I, yeah, people have to be with him. I'm the staff, both the staff and myself rotate 24-hour. Um, no, he couldn't. He'd never be on his own, ever. I don't know whether I told you this last year, but you're an incredible mother. You know, not that no, I mean, it's what parents do, I know, but you must be exhausted. It's what parents do, Neil, but I suppose, like, I'm just, 
why do politicians say they're going to do something when they have no intention of doing it? You know, why why do um, ministers that are responsible for these people, you know, why is no one accountable for not even answering a query? It's a simple query. You know, you can't move on while you're left up in the air that you don't know what's happening. Do you know something? You're and absolutely right. I mean, you think of it, your €21,000 that you spent on the CBD oil for Darren is pretty much the exact same figure that was spent by the taxpayer on calendars for Michael Healy Ray that were missing That's a hyphen right. that got yeah. thrown out in the bin. That's right. I was listening to that this morning. And I suppose, you know, I'm getting older. I was recently diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Um, my earning capacity is fast diminishing. And, you know, I need... I just need to know that Darren is going to get what he, what he needs. Okay. Okay. You know I that email, email? Yeah, the email that you sent me. Is it okay if I forward that on to me, Hall Martin? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And if, if I'm not answering me. Okay. And if I send on the audio of this conversation as well? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Neil, do, I, promise so you, I promise you we'll do that at lunchtime today. And did Thank you ever, you did you ever speak? You've been brilliant. Ah, stop. Did you ever speak to Vera Toomey? Um, I know Vera, yeah. Myself and Vera now would be kind of on different paths. Yeah, but she she might be able to direct you to the... Like, in case your application has been put in wrong or something. It's not been put in wrong, Neil. It is what it is. It's CBD oil. It's all backed up by medical evidence. Oh, no, it's okay. That's fine. Then then it seems to me it's like it's some sort of a hit or miss system that some are lucky and others aren't. That's it, Jeff. Okay, all right. Okay, well, listen... um, Beyond this, at lunchtime today, forward all of this paperwork and the audio of this conversation. Because he did promise, you are right, I he do did, recall he it. Did he said that he'd contact you directly. Yeah, he contacted you. And the last thing you said to him was, you know, and I know there were so many other issues because it was post-budget day, but you said, I have to do this, and yeah. you did, you asked him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to give him a reminder of that promise uh, when we get off the air today, and hopefully Thank that'll you. make a difference. Okay. Stay in touch. Thank you so much. We'll be back to you. All right. In regards to you and to All Darren. Right. All right. Thank you. Bye, bye Tess. Bye, bye. Calling Red FM Studio. Call the new number. 0818 Um I'll chat with Vera Toomey on Monday on this and see if uh, it's got easier for families. Um, certainly she put up a big fight back in the day. So I'll come back to that on Monday. We'll do some work when we get off the air. Listen, it's Friday, so it's a free food Friday. Some more shout-outs this side of midday and then we'll pick a winner courtesy of ourselves. And Roosters, Piri Piri, there's a big feed for you from Roosters. The chicken wings, the skewers, the beef skewers, the chicken skewers, the chicken wraps, pittas, beef burgers and wonderful, wonderful sides. The new waffle fries and the salted piri fries and all the rice and sides and cheesecake and everything. So, uh, Be Safe Group on the Monaghan Road. Jason, Damien, David, Aidan, Jura and Anne-Marie are all listening. Would love to be fed. Ryan in the parts department in Daft Trucks. It's his last day and he'd love to celebrate. Specsavers in Middleton. Listen every day. Would love a treat. Uh, serving all the people in East Cork. Uh, happy Friday to you all from ECI JCB Carrick Tool. Uh, 14 Hungry Bucks. Have a great weekend. Barry Joyce Coles would love some Piri Piri listening at the top of Fair Hill. Uh, I see you in the CUH. 
uh, after an operation and I'd love to give lunch to the amazing staff up here. And when I say amazing, it's not doing them justice. I've just had an operation. They're the best people I've ever met in my life, says Adrian in Balancholic. Uh, meanwhile, you should be sending Free Food Friday to all of the hardworking people filling the Arctics in Bandon. To Rockwell Engineering in Ringeskiddy, to Unique Fit Out in Sarsfield Industrial Estate, Glanmire, Cheeky Cherubs in Balancholic, looking after all the babbies and the toddlers. Irish Express Cargo in Dublin Hill is, they're all listening. One of the colleagues last day would be great send-off. Listenerbrin Engineering in Mitchellstown. The boss man's getting married today. We're holding the fort, says Katie. Um, everybody working at Liss Kennet Farm. They're an amazing bunch of people working with children and young adults with autism, says Sandy. Column View Interiors and Riversticker listening. Connor, Connor O'Shea's, O'Shea's cardiology department in the Lee Clinic. Salto Gymnastics in Middleton. Lucy Transport. I'd like to nominate the gentleman and his two sons who are Taken the uh, Christy Lucy truck to, t- to Poland. Uh, breast check clinic in the infirmary. Uh, Northside Tires. The Weight Wellbeing Clinic in Mallow. And two more. Silverfern Marine in Middleton are listening. And Transport in Ballyvalan. Uh, the hungry lads here would absolutely love. The- oh, yeah, there's just one or two more. The Fisherman's Co-op in Yall. Morning to John, Barry, Connor, Jack and the rest of the lads. Miss Designer Golf in Blackpool. LC Tiles and Bathrooms in Holly Hill. Trabalgan getting the place ready for the upcoming season and finally TLC Unlimited Childcare in Blarney. So have a great weekend everybody. There are the shoutouts for this week. We'll pick a winner in the next few minutes. Now just another couple of calls this side of midday. Remember that poll we did yesterday? It went up for 24 hours on our Twitter poll. The question being should the Jimmy Carr gigs at the Opera House be cancelled? Well, overwhelmingly overwhelmingly 87% of you said no. The gigs should not be cancelled. Now, I, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe that could be deemed as an accurate reflection of society with regards to Jimmy Carr's humour or the kind of things he finds funny. Or maybe it's also a reflection of people's right to free speech um, and to say what they want or to go and be entertained. It could also be that when you go into a comedy gig, gig you suspend belief. You leave belief at the door. But anyway, 87% of people said the gig should not be cancelled. I think that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought. I wouldn't have thought it would have been that high, but it was. Sorry about that. Mary's not there, so just a fast call actually, because I do recall the last time iodine tablets were available. It was about twenty odd years ago, if I remember correctly. Sean, good morning. Hi, how's it going, Neil? Um, what was that reason way back in the day? Do you remember it? I wasn't here. I didn't. I wasn't even aware of it till I did some googling last night. Apparently, there was a power plant in the UK, an old one that was nearing. Uh, decommissioning stage and there was worry that it was possibly going to be a, a, a terrorist target it, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't know. Was it Sellafield? I don't know what it was, but I know that the tablets that they sent out were out of date. I remember that. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you're referencing the attack on the um, uh, Ukrainian nuclear power plant last night. Yes, well, that's the most immediate concern, but again, we're in a, we're in a situation now where it should not shock anybody to turn on the news and see pictures of cities with mushroom clouds at this point. It's not that far out of the realm of possibility. It nearly so, happened last night as an example, yeah. Well, not just, again, this person, uh, I don't even like to say his name at this point, the, the, the evil um, so-and-so who's running things there. He, he doesn't appear to be fully, uh, you know, I, think, I don't think all the, uh, the lights are on, but nobody's home. He yeah. doesn't appear to be all there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, People should be prepared. 
uh, if you're if your listeners, you know, I'm sure probably again, I, I assume the person at the pharmacy thought I was a raving idiot even to ask. I don't think I don't think you are. But, um, I don't um, think you. All are. right, I appreciate that. No, I don't think I, you are. Uh, if, if your listeners want to go to the, uh, the the Wikipedia page for iodine one thirty one, which was one of the four principal uh, fallout uh, uh, chemicals after Chernobyl. Uh, the U.S. government did open-air nuclear testing in Nevada for about 10 years in the 50s. If you go to the article in Wikipedia, they have a very handy map that shows the United States and the distribution of radiation and the increase in thyroid cancers uh, over the years. Now, the tests are in Nevada, which is in the Pacific time zone. If you look at the map, you'll see even in Maine, which is in the Atlantic coast, the east time zone about two and a half thousand miles away people were getting affected by this this is so, your your referencing of course um radioactive iodine which the iodine tablets are designed to counteract exactly because you take up iodine my again i'm not a biologist my understanding you take up people take up iodine in their diet all the time it's required it's like added to salt and if you know it, you would basically what you're doing is you want the take the tablets because that's the safe form of iodine because if you don't there's the possibility that if it's in the environment you will you will consume it and you're, it will go to your thyroid and it's Low-level doses are actually, it's weird. I was reading, again, the wiki article. Apparently, high doses are safer, in a sense, because they kill the cells. It's the low doses that cause a cancer. Okay, okay, that's the, that's the science. Uh, yeah. I do recall now, and Seamus just gave me uh, an article back in, this was in 2002. Um, mm-hmm. There was a batch sent out, 14.5 million tablets. At the time, it cost €630,000. And we got them in 2002, but they expired in 2005. So if you still have them all these years later, they're useless. Uh, I don't mean to panic anybody, but you did try and buy iodine no, tablets. I, yes, I was there at 9 o'clock in the morning when Boots opened up at Man Point. I was, could I get some iodine? Some iodine and I was shocked when she told me that I needed a prescription and I'm like I explicitly said so you're telling me I cannot legally buy potassium iodine in this country without a prescription she said yes which I find baffling why this is this I, I could go online and order it sure but I want something today because something could happen yeah today. and why was it okay to send every household a box of them back in the day without a prescription but if you actually right. wanted one voluntarily you would need a prescription yeah, and in the, again, this is this is a much more serious situation in hindsight than what existed 20 years ago. Is is this government even aware of this situation? I know you have TDs and people from government on occasionally. Is anybody discussing this? What the hell the well, government they, is going to do? Yeah, we're kind of caught in the headlights. They're, they've been kind of distracted now over because uh, Varadkar saying we need to relook at whether we're in NATO or not yesterday, and that's put a panic into a lot of people. Uh, within government, so what's our what's our policy like? Or you know, the UK and Germany. Germany really changed its policy with regards to big armaments, time. big time. They send stuff. It's, which, a, it's a new world. It's yeah. a new world. But, right but now. see what and 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 Simon Coveney is kind of caught in the headlights because saying, yeah, well, you know, we have refugees coming, about twenty thousand of them, and we're hoping that people will get their homes ready. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, but what else are you planning? You know? Yeah, you got to help you have something else up your sleeve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, iodine tablets. Uh, you're 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 the first person first person to remind me of the possibility of maybe getting some iodine tablets in the event of a direct strike by the Russians on a nuclear plant. Well, again, it, it, who knows at this point? Who knows? Who knows? I, you know, a more concerning thing again, you're the, the mentioning of Ireland belonging to NATO. 
Uh, the thing is, Ireland is already a member of the European Union, which is behind uh, the large part of these crippling sanctions. I think Irish people are a bit naive if they think that just by being staying out of NATO that they would be avoided from any sort of uh, retribution from the Kremlin just because he's going to lash out at the entire world on his way out. That the he wouldn't lash out at us. But equally, there's another sub story to that, and that is if some are saying, and I'm not for a moment saying that I agree with them, but they're saying that if we're not in NATO and we get attacked, don't expect NATO to come and bail us out. The people are making this up. We, we don't know what the situation is. And today they say that the, the NATO says there's a no-fly no zone. It's, 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 not, it's a non-starter. But what happens tomorrow when we, you know, see, uh, who, who knows, the, the, the Russians, the, this talk again about false flag attacks. What if there's a chemical attack, which they try to blame? Uh, and you, you know how ridiculous this is? They claim the Ukrainians have been developing nuclear weapons. Well, they claimed, so is- that, they claimed that the Ukrainian power plant, or the nuclear power plant, was actually Ukrainian. The Russians claimed it was Ukrainian sabotage. Yeah, sure. They also claim that, they, that, that, that building in Kharkiv yesterday was, was uh, the Ukrainians, even though uh, there was okay. an excellent uh, takedown of, a, of the Bellingcat, the investigative journalism out, that actually took three strands from the video to show that it was a missile that was not even in the Ukrainians' inventory. It was a Russian missile. It was Russian. Yeah, Full okay. stop. Okay. So okay. I'm just saying, if they're okay. talking about Ukraine having nuclear weapons, don't put it past this guy to do something to get to that point. And yeah. we... You, need, you should be prepared. I, I'm in my 50s. The danger of thyroid dancer for me is, is cancer is pretty low. But from what I've been reading, it, it increases the younger you are. So your listeners who are younger or are children, again, what is, what's the harm? Why not have a bottle on hand? At the very, you know, if the government's not going to supply it with us, could they at least do an emergency waiver of the law so Good that point. we can at least yeah. buy it? If people, who, if people who don't care, fine. That's fine. I do care. I would like to be able to spend 10 bucks to buy it. Without a prescription. Thanks for that, Sean. Exactly. Appreciate you taking no, the call. Much obliged. Okay, lines Cheers. are open. You can text 0868 104 106. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086 8104 Red FM. Okay, just on the Jimmy Carr gig, I think the more you talk about Jimmy Carr, the more publicity he gets, the more tickets he will sell, and the more money he will make. Well, 83% of people who vote, 87% of people who voted said that the gigs should not be banned at the operas. Can't come on air, but in the name of God, Jimmy Carr, Roy Chubby Brown, the list goes on. If you don't like a comedian, you either don't watch it or don't pay to go to the show, but stop telling the rest of us what to watch or listen. Tommy Tiernan was forever mocking uh, travelers in his live show and now has his own show on RTE. If you don't like something, don't watch it. Don't make a call for the rest of us, says James. Morning, there's a big difference between the two Johnnies referring to car stickers and making a joke about women enjoying rape. The point is that rape is rape. And that's the kind of joke that Jimmy Carr was making. It's not a joke about whether it's a man or a woman. Uh, None of those car stickers were about rape, but yet look at the price they paid. They might have mentioned women being in a car, doing something with the owner, but they didn't mention rape. Neither of the comments referred uh, to by Jimmy Carr this morning ever should have been made. They're neither funny nor acceptable, and I can't see any person would find them funny. Uh, One more. The Opera House hosted a load of comedians. Just Google Kevin Bloody Wilson, who played there a few times. He's ten times worse than Jimmy Carr. 
The only reason people don't give out about him is because he's Australian and maybe the general population don't know him. Okay, those texts. Big response actually to um, subtitles at the cinema and also subtitles on your screens at home. Like my daughter watches stuff with subtitles. It's just a habit she's got into. I have no problem with subtitles on movies in the cinema if it would help the hard of hearing. I actually use subtitles myself at home. I have no problem with my hearing. I just find it easier to follow the movies. It doesn't bother my boyfriend either. You're lucky because it wrecks my head. The cinemas should definitely be showing movies with subtitles. It's a disgrace that they asked that lady to book out the cinema instead. And one or two more. My partner and I watch everything with subtitles, not because we have to, uh, but out of choice, as we feel sometimes you miss key details in a TV show or movie. Uh, and there's lots more like that, actually, which I'll come back to on Monday. I don't know. I mean, might do a survey on it. How many people would actually be bothered if all films in the cinemas had subtitles? It means that everybody could watch them. And those that were hard of hearing or deaf would be able to go to any film they wanted at any time. I think it would be a very fair and equitable thing. Anyway, text 0868104106 on that. And before I leave you, uh, our last call this morning, back to Ronan Toomey, Precision Engineering in Bandon. And Ronan himself joins me by phone. Ronan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? You must be exhausted, the whole lot of you. We are absolutely exhausted, but exhausted in a good way, if that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I've seen the photographs this morning of the rigid, the massive big rigid, and it's chock-a-block. Everything is boxed beautifully. It is, in fairness, no, like we had great uh, help over the past few days. Like, we can't thank the people enough who came to help us. And as you said from the photographs, like, there isn't space anywhere left on the trailer. Like and do you, do you plan on... 38 ton. 38 ton was raised yes. in the last couple. 38 ton. Yeah. God. And do you, did Seamus say to me this morning you were planning for more, is it, or, or more transport? What, what's the update there? At the minute, we've actually nearly another trailer full. So we're looking for another uh, trucking company maybe to come on board with us and assist us and to get another truck over to Ukraine. Oh, uh, we have a few leads at the minute, which is fantastic, you know. And the second truck and the second load, the second Arctic, would you go close to filling that? We have at the minute. We have the capacity to fill it at the minute. And Christy Lucy's transport one is full? It's full. And, and Paddy's ready to rock, but there was a change in, the, in, the, uh, in, in, um, in sailing, was there? There was, because the ship is held uh, for some reason in Belgium at the minute. So now tomorrow morning they're going to go via Rosslare to Le Havre. What time are they heading off at? Um, it, they're sailing at five, so they're hoping to pull out of here maybe about nine o'clock in the morning. Right, okay. And, and, um, and people can follow them on Kevin Hennessy's Track and Trace app. Which, absolutely. Will, yeah, like, I, I think that's exciting. Like It'll be good for people that donated. And it'll be exciting for all of us to, to watch progress as party and as his crew head on the road. And listen, know? thank you. You've sent out loads of great photographs, which we'll share on social media, of the empty container and then the half full and then the completely full and then all of the people doing all of the boxing all of those are volunteers just gave it their own time it, it was absolutely amazing like we were here yesterday and as you can see from the photographs there was an amazing response and a great atmosphere like with um, the Bean and Berry trailer and we had coffee and people are in great form and uh, we were tired the next thing the big red bus from yourselves arrived from Mahan yesterday evening <laughs> <laughs> were you thinking where are we going to put all this <laughs> we says we didn't know whether to laugh or cry but 
<laughs> there was about 30 volunteers there at the time and what we did is we formed a human uh, chain and we emptied the bus in less than 30 minutes. Oh, it's just amazing, you know. It's incredible. It's incredible. So, you would think that maybe somebody will come on board with the second Arctic and a coal We're and hoping a so. Yeah, we're hoping so. Okay, okay. Then you'll need some... volunteers of drivers. Oh, like I was going to ask you, it. you have somebody standing by to drive it? Yes, Absolutely. That's brilliant. So far, so good. And listen, that little delay will make no difference in the world. It'll still none, be as, none whatsoever, it'll like still be as welcome. Yeah. It, it will be. And like, I just like to mention like our colleagues there in Cracked Cafe as well. Like they've had fantastic support also. Like we worked fantastic together, you know. And what's this? Uh, Kevin's been sending me photographs of a van and a very funky looking trailer. What's that about? Yeah, that's heading... Uh, tomorrow as well. It's actually Paddy's two sons, Kevin and Paul. They're going heading as well with that van full and the trailer full. That's an incredible looking trailer, isn't it? West Cork Ukrainian MP. Looks like a, looks like a spaceship. It's the biz, isn't it? It's actually a car shuttle, like, which is for is that. that what I, is that what that is? Yeah. yeah. For transporting cars. Fantastic. That's, that's full as well now, is it? That's full now as well. Unbelievable. And, and you know what? If you get the second Arctic, Kevin tells me he'll put a tracer on that as well. Okay, brilliant. Okay. Fantastic. Okay, all right. And maybe Kevin might put the, the tracer on the van and trailer as well. It's going tomorrow, maybe. <laughs> we, no, we watch them all as they proceed. He has no choice now that you've asked him live on air. He can hardly <laughs> say no. <laughs> and again, like the schools, local schools have rallied together, like, and schools from Clonakilty and Kinsale, like it's it's just been phenomenal like the support we've received you know alright he's already texted me here he says he's already put a tracer on the van and trailer ah <laughs> oh, brilliant and there's no problem putting one on the Arctic either people can follow Kevin's company actually track and trace on Instagram he's got a great Instagram and the um, they're live now at the moment actually those trackers so when the lads move the tracker will move with them alright yeah no it's excellent like it'll be very exciting to watch them as they Okay. Embark on their journey, you know. Okay. Well, listen, I won't be on air tomorrow morning to wish them off. So, on behalf of everybody, wish them well and a safe journey, will you? Absolutely. And thanks to everybody out there, like again, for their contributions and their help. It's just, it's emotional, you know. It's just unbelievable what people have done. Well, you see what can be done and in 24 hours. If we could only harness that for our own country absolutely. the rest of the time, you know, it would be a brilliant place to be, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, listen, well done, Ronan. All credit due to you and all of the volunteers and staff. Thanks to Mill and Neil, and thanks to you and your crew I've for f- uh, yeah. your time on air and, you know, getting the appeal out there for us. Yeah, I have, a feeling, we'll, I have a feeling we'll be chatting again. And also, oh, listen, also, Paddy's mobile when he's en route, you know, it'd be good to talk to him over the, the early part of next week from time to time. Yeah, I'll share that with you. Fair play. Cheers, Ronan. Have a great weekend and a good, thanks well-earned rest. You too. All right. I don't, think, you I, don't, I don't think you're finished yet with the second Arctic to be filled and all that, but sooner as it is, get a good night's sleep. Free Food Friday winners for this week, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Piri Piri. Please, could we have some free food for everybody at Sean Dennehy Commercials in Middleton? 12 hungry and busy mechanics that would devour delicious roosters. It would be a great Friday treat. Well, lads, you're all sorted. There's only 12 of you. It'll feed a lot more than 15. So if there are other businesses next to you at Sean Dennehy Commercials in Middleton, would you please share? Our lines will stay open. You can text 0868104106. If you have a story to share, email neil at redfm.ie. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.